Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real shit. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied today by special guest host, party boy Pete McCormick, with our guest today, Pretty Rick Outland. Pete, you ready to rock and roll? I'm ready to kick the tires and light the fires, Big Daddy, let's go. I love it. All right, let's get started. Okay, Pete, let me tell you about this one. All right. So, Pete, I know you know uh, Pretty Rick Outland, right, bud? Oh, yeah, yeah. I know, I know Pretty Rick. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows Pretty Rick. So, let me tell you a little story about Pretty Rick and when I first got to meet him. Okay, so let me set the scene. Uh, I am in ninth grade, right? And Rick at the time is in 11th grade. And Rick is, Rick and my older brother asshole met when they were in 11th, or when they were like in high school and then became buddies on the wrestling team, right? So then I would hear all this stuff about this dude, Rick Outland. He's so cool. He's the man, you know? And I'm like, oh man, he sounds cool. So I then get to high school and my, my brother asshole is kind of like, you know, he's already there, kind of like asserting himself and he's buddies with Rick and stuff like that. So it's like a Friday night, right? And uh, t- so my little brother asshole says he's going to be going out with Rick and they're going to, you know, go to a party or something like that. Right. And I asked my brother, I was like, hey, asshole, do you think I could come with you guys? And he said to me, he's like, look, uh, maybe not this time, but, ne- you know, some other time you definitely can. And I was fine with that. I was like, OK, yeah, no problem. That makes sense. You can't you know, you can't always go. And plus, I don't want to, you know, step on their toes. But my dad heard that conversation and he was like, no. No, you're taking your brother with you. He's your brother. You're taking your brother with you. You know, I know. I'm sure you've had that scenario as well, being that you're an older brother. Oh yeah, man. Little brothers tagging along are the worst. Yeah. So I was definitely one of them. So so either way, my dad made him take me with him, right? So then what had happened was Rick came to our house because Rick drove, and Rick came to our house to pick up Tom or pick up my brother asshole. And my, when Rick came in the house, my dad was like, Rick, you don't mind if Matt comes with you guys tonight. And so Rick, like, you know, Rick kind of got the pressure on him there. Like, oh, yeah, sure. Sure, Mr. Lavelle, no problem. Because Rick's like a good dude, right? Well, and you know, people love talking back to your dad, so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. People really, really were a big fan of just telling him to go shove it. Yeah, happened a lot. So... <laughs> So either way, uh, yeah, yeah, never really happened. So, um, but either way, so Pretty Rick and me, me, asshole, and Pretty Rick pile in the Pretty Rick's car. It was like a sedan and uh, like a small, like Ford or I'm, I'm picturing like, like a Toyota Camry or Honda Accord or something along those lines, Civic, maybe something along those lines. And either way, we get into his car and we go over to this person's house, right? When we go to this person's house, we meet like a bunch of people there, Right. And, like, there's a bunch of people there, and they're, like, all hanging out in, like, the yard and stuff. I am by far the youngest person here, right? So I'm young, and it's, like, a bunch of upperclassmen and stuff like that. So I'm just kind of, like, hanging out, kind of keeping quiet and, like, being, like, I was near Rick, you know, like, trying to just be near people I knew and things like that. And, like, you are intimidated. And I remember it was, like, very early in the year, like, the school year. So it's not like they knew me at school or anything like that, you know? So... We're there and we're standing in this front yard and this upperclassman comes over and like starts talking and then he starts like kind of like messing with me, you know, 
And then he's like, starts to mess with me a little more. And like, he's like, kind of like being like a, kind of a jerk and stuff. And like, I'm kind of just like, oh, geez, man, like, you know, really uncomfortable. And like, you know, you could tell. And before, you know, Rick comes in out of nowhere and he's gets in the guy's face. He's like, hey, hey, asshole, why don't you cut that shit out? All right. Why are you being a little shit to him? You know, like, leave this kid alone. You know, you punk. Right. And right then I was like, oh, oh, this pretty Rick guy's pretty good. You know, so will you be my older brother? <laughs> yeah, like, hey, do you have any little brothers? Because I'm looking, to, you know, I'm, I could be a good one for you, pal. You know, <laughs> yeah. So, but uh, but yeah. So Rick, he came through, and, and honestly, nothing changed going down the line. He was always just like the best dude, the coolest dude. You know, always there. Always a good time, uh, you know, always and like always like, you know, looking out for for everybody and just being a good hang. And, and he's a cool guy and he was always, you know, always the man. So that being said, I want to introduce him now. And uh, I know he's doing great. He's married. He's got five kids. He's kicking ass and taking ends. But Rick, I just wanted to know, have you seen the movie Bohemian Rhapsody? And if yes, what do you think of that piece of shit movie? Hey guys, first off, Matt, thanks for having me on. Pete, always <laughs> good to see you, man. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody. I, I think I lasted about ten minutes into that movie. You know what? Art is dead. You know? <laughs> no one appreciates great eighties musics or the you know no. the, the people that want to record them. <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! Don't get it twi- I love I love Queen, and I'll love Queen till the end. But the movie fucking sucked. All right. It sucked. Okay. Rick, great, great analysis. Great job. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you, Pete, I, I too love Queen. Huge Freddie Mercury fan. I've always said there's like, if I could steal anyone's voice, there's like three guys I would go after. Freddie Mercury. I always like Bradley Knoll from Sublime. Yeah. Yeah. And probably Saint Sam. Sam no one's Cole. saying you have bad taste in music. You have great taste in music. It's the movies. But, <laughs> but, <laughs> but how can you make a movie about such a great singer yep. so boring? Yeah. And shitty. Yeah. Movie sucks, Pete. You should really, I mean, to be fair, Rick, uh, if we're going off Pete's judge of movies, Pete, uh, is uh, Steven Seagal marathon still uh, a regular occurrence at your house? Oh, I'm sorry. We're going to pretend like he's not one of the greatest action stars in the history of the world. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. No one's canceling, you know, Seagal. We're just canceling the thought that he's the best. All right. Just shows your, 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 what your movie should be judged, you know, your movie critiquing. That's the level you're on. So, all right, good. Great answer. Great answer, Rick. And I'm with you. I really think uh, that that movie is right. just, uh, it's two socks filled with donkey dog shit. All right. So that's it. I'm glad I'm off to a good start here. Pete, I don't know. Pete's, uh, yeah, we'll, we, we'll get into it. Um, but either way, so this is what I want to do though. Rick, how you doing, man? Everything good? Yeah, very good. Rick, very five good. kids. I did not know about the five kids. You're really Catholic, doing the Lansdale Catholic Cannoneers or whatever their nickname is, Brown. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's it, Pete. And the reason you haven't heard is because people with five kids don't get out. (laughs) 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 I can only imagine. Pete's one of six, right? Yeah, one of six, so. (laughs) 
Do you, so wait, Rick, what is it? Do you have, is it three girls and two boys or what is it? Yeah, it, three girls and two boys. Um, we, we basically did every two years for the past <laughs> decade had a new, like, yeah. Started, we did 2012, 14, 16, 18. And but that's oh a good retirement God. plan, you know, because each kid just has to put in so much a month and you guys are set. And one of them is bound <laughs> to strike it rich. Yeah, one of them's bound. Statistically, one of them's bound to be a serial killer. One of them's gay, and then one of them's going to hit it big. And who knows? That might all be the same kid. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Nice, man. Honestly, like I was thinking about this today. Like I can't wait until like my daughter has friends and like we can play wiffle ball or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Like I want to be able to do that stuff. I like like. You know, like, like I'm like, uh, you know, my brother asshole's got a kid and we were over their house the other day and there's kids there and he has like a little mini soccer goal and like a mini soccer ball. And we just set up like a game where the kids could like, you know, slide into the goal and try and, you know what I mean? Just something stupid. But like, that was just, it's just fun seeing them do their thing, you know? And like when like the kid who's not the most athletic does it, it's like, fuck, the place erupts, you know, brings the house down. So, but I'm I'm excited for that. Do you get into any of that stuff of like playing games with the kids and doing all that? Yeah, I have my own basketball team, so it kind of comes naturally. <laughs> except they're all really short. Yeah, sure. Oh, I mean, like they probably got great, great, great ball skills and good jump shots. <laughs> That's it. Three point shooters. <laughs> yeah. So what uh what kind of stuff do you like? You guys just I mean the normal games. Baseball. It's all baseball. So I remember this. But this is when I knew, like, Rick had turned a corner. So this was, this had to be, like, 2000, yeah, 2017, because this was the best month of my life. So in this four-week span, right, I went to the Eagles beating the Falcons in the divisional round of the playoffs. I went to the NFC Championship, where the Eagles beat the Vikings and smoked them. After the NFC Champion, or no, sorry, so went to the divisional round. After the divisional round game, we beat the Falcons. I went to a Killers concert directly after it, same night, right? Which was awesome because the Killers are the best. Then after that, went to the uh, and then the next week went to the NFC Championship where we beat the beat the pants off of the Vikings. Then the week after that, went to the Royal Rumble, which was in Philly. Right. And me and Rick went to me and Rick and like it was a whole bus full of guys and it was a blast. Right. And I remember we were at a pregame party before the Royal Rumble at uh, Graham's Pub, Land of the Free, Home of the Brave. And it was me, Pretty Ricky and this guy, Big Greg, Big Greg Sadowski. And Big Greg has two daughters and Ricky at the time had two daughters, I believe, maybe even three or two. He had but he had I think he had multiple daughters. At that point, I had two. Yeah. So you had two daughters and I remember we were there and we were having a conversation. Right. And the movie Frozen came up. Right. And simultaneously, (laughs) simultaneously, both Rick and Greg is like, dude, Frozen sucks. Fucking Tangled beat the shit out of Frozen. Tangled so much better than Frozen. And I'm like, what? Guys, what is going on here? What is this universe that I'm in? Isn't Greg like six foot four, like 280 solid? Yes. 
Oh, dude, so he, he played. Yeah, he's a big yeah, dude. D, he was a D one D lineman. He's a truck. He's got shoulders that are the size of freaking <laughs> basketballs. He's a he's a beast, right? Greg's a big, huge, strong guy, tough guy, and Ricky's a tough guy too. And they're talking about how Tangled beats the dog pants off of freaking Frozen in the middle of Gramps. <laughs> And then we uh, well, at least I don't like that Queen movie. <laughs> yeah. well, don't, you know no, what? No, don't get hey Rick. Don't what you, know, you guys go after Queen. You're going after Steven Seagal. You know Steven Seagal. Not only that, but Steven Seagal was actually angry that Tom Cruise got to play the samurai and last samurai. He thought it was whitewashing. Steven Seagal thought that he should be playing the role because when he squints, apparently, he <laughs> him, and that is not whitewashing. <laughs> He's not. Has nothing to do with anything. But there you go. Now it's out there. Now you know that. <laughs> well, it's, you know, I <laughs> I might be on board with Steven yeah, Seagal. Honestly, now. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have minded uh, Steven Seagal in Last Samurai because. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, it was Dances with Wolves in China or Japan. So you know, it is what it is. But. uh but no, Rick, as far as you're concerned, I have a daughter now as well, and Tangled beats the shit out of Frozen. I'm telling you right now. Yeah, so you, I agree. You you actually I, watched I them. Up. I have right, a daughter now. See? I know I, I'm in the game, so it is what it is. Matt, I, I will never steer you wrong when hey, it comes to that. Never have, have and you never will. And I'm not sure what they're in because my wife gets all the Christmas presents. I'm just the uncle that shows up and gives them $20. Because I'm yeah. like, look, your parents kind of suck. So when you get older, you need to take care of me, cool Uncle Pete, who's always giving $20 whenever I come yeah. around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the way to do it, pal. That's what you want to do. I, I mean, I freaking – it is – it is, dude, I'll tell you what. Like, my 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 kid isn't really old. Like, she gets the presents thing, but she's not, like, nuts about it. But my godson, I got him, like, some presents the other year, and he went, like, seeing the kids go ape shit over the presents, that is, like, that is a good, like, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool moment, I will say, you know? Yeah, I got tapped to buy the uh, the Barbie dream house for my uh, my two nieces, yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle, Pete's, uh, Uncle Pete and Aunt Becca uh, don't have any kids, so we had the money, so we can, we can oh, yeah. scourge a little bit and get the... Oh, yeah. I remember those days. You're that uncle. Yep. Did you have to put it together or no? The Barbie dream house. No, that's why my brother-in-law is not a big fan of me because I keep buying these <laughs> gifts that he has to assemble. <laughs> I can't. I can't put anything together. Yeah, Rick. I can only imagine that you are like you've had to put together some shit that like you're fucking. You must have your engineering degree by now. The amount of shit you've had to put together. <laughs> Yeah, you talk Barbie dream houses. We have two. <laughs> like, yeah, it, it's <laughs> but and as your kids get older, it starts you start getting motorized vehicles and all that that you got to put uh, together. I'm out there building cars uh, for weeks before. Rick's sitting Christmas. there explaining to his daughters. He's like, "You realize yeah. you have to pay insurance on every vehicle you drive, and the property taxes <laughs> on both of these is getting out of hand. Not, it's not tax deductible after they change the salt deduction." <laughs> Downsize the one yeah, townhouse, put in the corner of the basement. Do you have equipment breakdown <laughs> insurance on these Barbie dream houses? Well, we do. We have two. I did the first one, and my wife got a, se- a second, and I refused to do it. 
I made her put that together. Did she realize? She was like, I, I'm sorry. I apologize. This is, I don't know. Who can build these things? This is impossible. But yeah, like you have to be like, you have to be like a master craftsman to put that stuff together as far as I'm concerned. So enough about Barbie dream houses and, uh, you know, tangled better than frozen. And uh, Steven Seagal being actually Asian when he squints his eyes, apparently, is what he said. So we're going to move on. We're gonna move Rick, on I just to have one quick question. In any of your Barbie dream houses, does is there a father in law and a son <laughs> that share a bathroom and a shower that like you know you the wife and the mother in law are not allowed to <laughs> <laughs> Matt might want to explain something to son you <laughs> of a bitch. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So yeah, okay. Sure, sure, Pete, I'd be happy to explain because I'm not ashamed of my goddamn shower. Okay. So uh, uh, like Rick, I told you, I live with my in-laws, right? And it's, so it's me, my wife, my kid, and my, uh, two, my mother-in-law and my father-in-law, right? We live in a row home in Philly, right? So when we moved in initially, it's one, like it's a, it was one and a half baths, right? When we moved in initially and the, the full bath is upstairs on the third floor. And you know how these old row homes are with like water to the shower and all that stuff. Nightmare. We live together. You know it. So, <laughs> so <laughs> when, when, when we moved in, my father-in-law, he built, he added a shower to the half bath in the basement. Right. And he fucking hooked it up. All right. Like brand new piping. He's got like the waterfall drain. He hooked it up like the tiling he did and he did it all himself. He put it all on himself. So like this shower is hot and ready to go in seconds. And the thing is, it's me and his shower. The my wife and my mother-in-law aren't allowed to use it. All right. It's the men's only shower. <laughs> okay. So Pete, uh, as as a guy who has four sisters, I think you would if anybody would be one who would appreciate a men's only shower after having to walk into like a toilet, uh, you know, a, a dead person made out of toilet paper in your bathroom every time you went in there. I'm not arguing with you. I just have one question. Do you have to hang the washcloth on the doorknob when you're using it so that no one else comes in? Like, is there any kind of... Uh... <laughs> So we lucked out. I do this because he put in the light that has the fan in it. So every time I'm in there, the fan's coming on so you can hear the fan, you know, so, you know, like, okay, doors closed. This is what's going down. Yeah. So, yeah. So is this just, is is it an unspoken rule that it's nope. man only? Nope. They're not allowed. They're not allowed to, they can use the, the facilities, but they just can't use, it's men only. They don't want it. We don't you want them in there. You have the he-man woman yeah. haters like sign up there from Little Rascals, like letting them down. Yep. yep we do. We tell them, hey, beat it. Uh, if you got the uh, if you got the 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 baby making oven, then don't get your don't no no one's coming in here, bub. All right. <laughs> but it is. I'm not gonna lie. It is the best shower. I'm not like the waterfall gimmick. The water, it dude. He put brand new pipes right into the water heater, which is four feet away. This shit's hot and ready to go. Stays hot because like. Dude, you, I, wow. Rick, remember when we lived together on Markle Street? And Pete, you remember that house on Markle Street? Boy, oh boy. And I lived there, five blocks from that house. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, you live five blocks from there now. Wow. Yeah. Wow. But Rick, do you remember like there would be months out of the year where we weren't paying the hot water bill, right? And then 
when, when we were paying the hot water bill, some bastard would use like the sink or something like that, and we'd be screwed, and like your shower's done. Also, there was four four dudes living in that house. If you were the fourth person to shower, don't expect any hot water. I'm telling you right now, that's just how it went. Rick, am I right? So I don't remember. I, I don't remember too much sure, from those sure. years, but yeah, it sounds about yeah. right. Yeah. Sure. So something in incon- Yeah. I remember what I used to do. This was the move is that we didn't have hot water for a long time, but I still needed to shave and shaving in cold water is the worst. So I would heat up the, remember, I would heat up the tea kettle. So like yes. I would put the tea <laughs> kettle on, right? I would put it on. I would run upstairs, shower, come back down in like my towel, grab the tea kettle and pour it in the sink and shave with the, the, the hot water from the tea kettle in the sink. I always wondered if that was something people actually did with the tea kettle. But here it's because we couldn't pair. <laughs> look at, look at that. This aristocrat, you know, doing this European thing, eating all the water. <laughs> Wearing a scarf well, while yeah. he's doing it. No, it's, and, and Rick, it wasn't that we couldn't pay. It's that we just didn't. And, dude, I'm not, I'm not going to lie, though. It, when using the tea kettle with the hot water, that shit was... Because remember, I had this, I have this straight-edge razor as well. So I had the single-blade straight-edge razor. With yep. the hot water, it was it was a good shave. Not gonna lie, it was a good shave. Not gonna lie, but okay. <laughs> so, Pete, any more any more questions about men's only showers you would like to ask? No, I think I have filled my quota for the day. Yeah, yeah, you goddamn right. Uh, okay, so let's do this. Let's move on to the new hottest segment, hitting the streets. I'm talking about memory lane. Where do these bizarre memories come from? So in English, if you say this is lame, when you're describing something, uh, what you are saying is that it's not cool, it's not awesome, uh, it's not interesting. All right, now that's lame as in not cool, as in jabroni. So uh, L-A-M-E, lame, like Pete's thoughts on men's only showers and Steven Seagal. So what it is, is that we're going to bring up a topic from the 90s and we're going to talk about it and discuss if it was because it might have been awesome back then. And is it still awesome now? We don't know. We have to vote. If it's still awesome, it gets a rad. And if not, it gets a lame. All right. So uh, pretty Ricky, it is your uh, your honor as the guest, the official guest to give us our first memory lane. Memory lane topic. Go right ahead, buddy. All right. So I gave this a lot of thought. And in the 90s, like most of what I think of with the retro toys and all that stuff is stuff. It was really stuff that my sister yeah. used to play with, you know, more sure. madness and yeah. apples and that sort of stuff. I was more the outside yeah. type who just out playing sports sure. all Macho. day, every day. And there's one thing in me, I don't know that it was a 90s thing. I don't know that if people still do it or not. The thing I kept coming back to was stuffing your wiffle ball bat with wet <laughs> newspaper to make that thing into Whoa. a Whoa. weapon. Whoa, baby. Dude, you're hitting. Tell Whoa, me I'm not alone. alone. You're hitting dingus. You're yeah, stacking dingus. 
you're in the ballpark. You're definitely we, – we didn't use the wet paper towel. We would fill it up with rocks or sand and then cut it open, yeah. open and then tape it back together. But yeah, yeah I, I get what you're saying. Rocks and sand. <laughs> That's a murder <laughs> weapon. Well, rocks also grew up and sand. So you had to be careful. You know, it, it, sure. it was also protection. <laughs> Yeah, you wanted to. Yeah, if you hit the ball too far, then you weren't getting it back. Someone's just taking it. So yeah, you had to be able. There to were diddlers it. around. You had to be careful. No, oh, plenty of diddlers. You got to watch out. <laughs> diddlers everywhere. You know. And then you you duct tape up the sweet yep, spot in yeah. the barrel, nice yeah. and good, and the handle. I used and- to so. I used to have uh, two bats. What we had a wiffle ball bat that was awesome, but then I also had a bat. It was a red line. Do you remember the bats? They were actual baseball bats called red line. Right. So Fourth Street Park, yeah. right? I love this red line. It was like my dude, I still have it. I freaking love this bat. This is my everything. I won the home run derby with this bat. Just saying. Just saying. Won the home run derby. Just saying with this bat. Um, but so one time we're at Fourth Street Park and we're playing baseball and we're there and there was uh like you know how when you have a golf club it has a thing that goes on top, like the cover, right? So I saw that, and then I remembered Major League and Pedro Serrano from Major League. You a golfer? Hats for bats. Put the cover on his bat. So I stole this. I stole this golf yes. club cover, and I used to put it on my red line, and I also used to put it on my wiffle ball bat. Yeah, pretty great stuff. Just saying. Just saying. I just remember I I was a Catholic school boy yeah. my whole life, and. So all, all we had for recess was an empty parking lot and we had a, a tennis ball and every guy in our class would have their own customized <laughs> wiffle ball bat. <laughs> We'd all walk out there with your proudly showing your bat over what? your shoulder well, and, you and were, just you were, you were allowed to bring balls. in your own bat. Oh, oh yeah, man. I wish, Absolutely. man. We had, I know ours was the same. All we had was like a parking lot. But we had, they had a basketball hoop at ours, so we would play basketball. Yeah. Yeah. But still, and like there was football and stuff too, but dude, if we had, and, and kickball, but if they had the, the gimmick with, if we could play wiffle ball, oh my God, dude. So you're, so you're bringing your bat, like you're, you're like, dude, taping it up. You're making sure it's all good to go. It was a competition. It was who oh. has the best bat. At that point, we didn't go rocks and sand. I wish I had thought about that <laughs> yeah, 30 yeah, yeah. years ago. <laughs> but it was like, was, uh, what's his name? Mary. Sammy so, all the way was, with the juice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you'd have all the bats lined up and people, they'd be up and you didn't have to use your own. So you'd go over, you'd kick the tires on a couple oh. of the bats, see which one's feeling right that day. Oh, and, dude. That's oh, yeah, awesome. That was it every day. Throughout and with a all tennis ball, like you're getting, you're getting, oh, you're getting yards out of that. Oh, we're we're hitting 350 <laughs> foot home runs with this thing. Jesus. Yeah, you're nailing, well, at least you won't. You like you're not. It's. I mean, you can break a window, but with a tennis ball, it's definitely harder. But still, like you're you're smoking this thing on the roof of the school. I'm assuming. Do you guys ever talk to any like boomers when they talk about like their baseball and they're like, yeah, we played half ball where we cut the tennis ball in half and use the broomstick and like, why? What are you doing? Like you didn't have baseball yeah. bats. All right, no, we got the tennis ball. We loaded up the wiffle ball bat and we drove it as far as we possibly could. It's all about oh, the yeah. fingers. Pete, speaking of uh, speaking of uh, gimmicked bats, I don't know if you remember this. Me, you, and Kev, Kev Byers, 
went to a Phillies game one time where Jim Tomey hit a, uh, a two-run game-winning homer, but it was against the Cubs, and I have brought this up on the show before, and Sammy Sosa was on the Cubs, and this is when he had the corked bat, and he broke his bat, and the whole stadium started chanting, check that bat, check that bat, check that bat. And, and uh, I remember Pete had this fake ID that was just atrocious, and the beer guy came around, and, and we were like, hey, can we get some? And the guy's like, do you have IDs? And Pete said to him, he's like, yeah, do you take fakes? How great is that? That was at the vet. That's the vet for you, baby. Yep. Yep. We're in the 700 level there, brother. That was awesome. Wow. You know what? Yeah, dude, that, that was badass. They, uh, and they could lose their liquor license. Actually, I just quit fucking air it. Yeah. All right. I love it. But if, uh, <laughs> all right, Pete, congrats. Well, Pete, so Pete, uh, last time was on the show, was a uh, director of income tax accounting and compliance. And as of now, Pete, no longer? Or by the time this airs, no longer? Left. Yeah, by, by the time this airs, no longer, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So by the time this airs, no longer. Hopefully. Okay, so all right, so let's do it. Okay, so let's vote. So, so stuffing your stuffing your wiffle ball bat with uh, with newspaper to make it so we can get some dingus. Ricky, what do you got? Oh, that's the yeah, greatest thing ever. Rad. Okay, Peter Hosen. How can you not go rad on that? Like when you're when you're yeah. ten years old hitting three hundred fifty yard homers. That's all it's about. <laughs> Yeah, agreed. I'm, and you know what? I'm going to round it out with a nice, heavy Mondo Rad. All right. Nice. Great, great job, Rick. I freaking love it. I love it. All right. Yeah. I feel like I feel like tonight was a win. 100% is. All right. All right. Uh, Peter Hosen, being that you're the special guest host tonight, what is your memory of lame item? You know what? Uh, Rick actually brought me back to my childhood talking about this. And Ooh. For me, it was. Do you guys remember the Huggy drinks? The little oh, plastic, shit, yeah, juices. Yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent pure sugar, delicious. Oh yeah, and like oh, yeah. when you were a kid, you know, a quarter for a Huggy, a quarter for a bag of chips, you you felt like you were balling. Can't beat it. Yeah, but when you were done you with that it. Huggy, when you were done with that Huggy, you put it in the back tire of your bicycle and you ride around, and it makes that motorcycle <laughs> noise. You know, you, you had some of those posers that would be the baseball cards, but no, the huggy underneath of it, and you needed a no-gear bike. It had to be an old-school, like, BMX, like, one gear, no uh, handle brakes, you know. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Wow. I, I, I was a poser. Oh, one, you, you, were, you, were a, you were a baseball <laughs> card guy. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't know you could put a huggy back there. Man, I never did the huggy in the tire either. I did the tennis ball in the tire. That was pretty pretty punk rock. But, dude, I'll tell you this. Uh, I don't even know what that did. I would see this dude. I have no idea. It just, it, it just looked cool. And it would make like the vroom, vroom, vroom sound. So, <laughs> so here's, okay, so here's something. And I talked about this with someone before. Okay, so when I was I packed lunch at school, Rick, did you pack lunch when you went to school? Every day. Yep. Yeah, same. So, and I believe our parents would get uh would get jailed for this now, but my lunch coming up, right? And I've brought this up on the show before. My lunch it would cons- our, my family's lunch would consist of a sandwich usually, and it would be like white bread with processed meat and mayo and whatever, right? 
then you would have like a uh, you would have like a bag of chips, right? You'd have like a tasty cake, and then you would have either a soda or a huggy, right? Not one vegetable, not one piece of fruit, right? This like brown bag filled with diabetic sugar. You know what I mean? Like that's all it was. So, dude. But did you? So when you drank the huggy, did, when you drank the huggy, did you peel off the cap or did you bite into it? Right? Like so, like the huggy, right? It had like the tin thing on top. So I would bite into it and drink it. Right? Are you biting or are you are you are you peeling? Well, I'll jump in here and say I did the one single bite mark, just one little two sliver. Yeah. Because otherwise I would drink it too fast. So I just had to give it just enough so I didn't suck on it because otherwise I'm like, I'd finish my sandwich and I'd have no juice. I'm like, what? This is bullshit. <laughs> so I did the one little, two little bites so I could sip the yep. little, little bit as possible. Yeah. I say you rip it off. <laughs> oh. Rip off the Band-Aid, go to town. Whoa. Whoa. Just ripping it clean off and letting them have at it. I love it. And notice who the skinniest one on this uh, call is. You know, the guy that was just like, <laughs> like oh, let me get his ass. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like trying to is, pace ourselves. Now as a parent, I'm sitting here thinking, well, you take a straw and you jab it through so it doesn't spill anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I actually remember. I, I, so, Rick, this is how I found out why kids' cups were a thing. You know, because like, uh, you know, like when – you don't remember all the time when you were a kid and you were an asshole. But I remember I was watching one of my little cousins. You know, I got the lunch and I handed him a huggy that I had pulled the top off of. He takes three sips and goes, I'm done, and throws it up in the air. And I'm like, oh, that's why That's why we had the sippy cup. Because little kids are just kind of Sounds asshole. right. <laughs> no, not kind They're of. ridiculous. It was, it was a boy, right? You it was said a boy, it was, yes. It was, it was a, my, 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 yeah, my nephew David. Yeah. Yeah, little boys are complete morons. I can even remember back to like, so I can remember back to when I was like three years old, and I remember being in the high chair, and I'm eating cereal, and like when I was done my cereal, I would just throw it on the ground, and my mom would pick it up, clean up, and take me out, and we had this system, and then so the one time I'm doing it, my dad's, like, you know, he's watching me, and I get done, I'm like three years old, I throw my cereal on the ground, he goes, why'd you do that? I'm like, well, because I'm done. He's like, why didn't you tell me? I'm like, well, me and mom have this system. I don't know what this third degree is about, but when I throw the cereal on the ground, <laughs> you take me out of the high chair, I get to go play, you clean it up. <laughs> but anyway, I don't do that anymore. My wife got mad the first time I did it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she would. I'm sure she would. Okay, so, all right. So, Huggies, let's vote on them. Peter Hosen, you brought it up. What is your vote on Huggies? Oh, it is rad, baby. So rad. 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 Uh, pretty Ricky, what do you got? Yeah, I'll give you a rad on Radical. Uh, absolutely. And anything with that much sugar, yeah. that'll get a rad. Yeah, Mondo. And we're going we're gonna to make it another Mondo rad for the Huggies. I'm radding it out. Dude, so that's back-to-back Mondo rads. I'm hoping we can close it out with a third and final Mondo Rad. All right, so I am bringing up the TV show, Darkwing Duck. When there's trouble, you call DW. Darkwing Duck. Do you remember the show, Darkwing Duck? Absolutely. Dude, classic, right? There, I'll tell you what, that is one kind of like, uh, de- like I guess demographic you would say, but Ducks' main characters are just, just top-notch, you know? You look at the Mighty Ducks. You look at Scrooge Duck. You look at the, you know, DuckTales. You look at, you know, Tailspin. You yeah. look at freaking Darkwing Duck. You know, like, it's just, 
Duck City. Ducks don't mess around. They're badass. Yeah, apparently. Matt, when is the last time you came across Darkwing Duck? Oh, God, bro. I can't even tell you. Why? What did I... Long time. I, I think it's streaming on something right it's, now. You know I'm what? I'm not sure if it was Disney Plus or... Somewhere. Yeah, I have Disney Plus. Somewhere. I, wanna, I might check it. I have another random fact that you guys might appreciate. So, okay. uh, Ricky, what year were you born? 82. 82. Matt, you were 85? Yep, we're the same age. 85. So we're all technically millennials. Ricky's the oldest of the millennials. But it apparently in, in Denmark, we are not called millennials. We are known as the, uh, the DuckTales generation. And I'm like, that's so what? fucking cooler than the wedding. I'm like, why aren't we wow. known as a duck wow. guy? Take that. Hell yeah, baby. That's right. Eat it, Generation X and Greatest Generation. We got ducktails, yeah. baby. <laughs> Woo! So is is that how they do all their generation naming? <laughs> I, I mean, like I'm a, not an expert on Denmark culture, but I generation? Is there like an I Love Lucy generation? <laughs> like, <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> damn, that's great. That's not a bad idea. Naming it with like the popular TV show of the time, like Gilligan's Island Generation, were probably pretty yeah. cool. You know, I don't but, mind man. him. He's F Troop. You know, like get out of here. <laughs> and well, that's it. So you know, Pete, you said I'm a millennial, but I'm kind of on the border yeah, between the Gen X and millennial. But you know what? I am damn straight DuckTales generation. Yeah, you see, exactly. Now you're proud, duck. right? <laughs> People hear millennial. They, they're that like, ah, I'm not a millennial. Question. You hear DuckTales generation. Like, mother... Yeah, I am DuckTales generation. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. God damn right. And proud of it. And proud of it, babe. Damn proud of it. Okay. So, uh, all right. Well, now I'm all proud that we're all part members of the DuckTales generation. God damn right. Dude, that should be a name of our sh- something, you know? You start something, the DuckTales generation right here, babe. So, okay. All right, so Darkwing Duck, great show, great theme song. That's something that I miss on TV shows is a great theme song. But, uh, you know, let's give it a – I'm going to vote radical on Darkwing Duck. Uh, Peter Hosen, what are your thoughts on Darkwing Duck? No. It's not DuckTales. It's not good for me. Get out of here with your Darkwing Duck. Wow. Lame. Wow. All right. You come after Bohemian Rhapsody. I come after your ducks. (laughs) I was just going to say. I was just. So, all right. And we have have one more thing we have to discuss after this. But, all right, Rick, what do you got for Darkwing Duck? Oh, it was was definitely a rad Darkwing Duck. 
Yeah, if you don't say it's bad. Oh, no, I watched it all right. Now I'm just voting out a spite. (laughs) Son of a bitch. Okay, so, all right, so that rounded that out. One last thing before we end memory lane. We have to discuss this, and we all should talk about this, and I think the world should discuss this. The DuckTales generation needs to discuss this, is that on Disney+, Plus they're doing a new Mighty Ducks TV show, right? And it's going to be on Disney+, Plus, and it's the Mighty Ducks, not the, not the cartoon, it's like the actual hockey movie, but in a TV show form. Have you guys seen the trailer for this? I just became aware of it, but I haven't seen the trailer yet. I just know, all I know is it exists. I'm in the same boat. I've heard of it. And you know what? I'll give it a shot. Oh, yeah. We're a year into a pandemic. I'll watch anything. Sure. After sure. Cobra Kai, hell yeah. Oh, Cobra yeah. Kai. So good. So good. But, uh, so, but I will tell you this. I will tell you this. Um, from the trailer, at least, I'm not happy with how it does the storyline. At least they're going to have to do something because it looks like, and le- you know, I'm, the spoilers. But if we haven't seen the trailer, the it looks like they turned the Mighty Ducks into the Hawks from the first one. So I think the Mighty Ducks are the bad guys now. At least that's kind of how it looked. I'd have to... It's one of maybe, these, if you uh, don't die the hero, you live long enough, become the villain sort of situations. You know it, babe. You know it, babe. So, yeah. All right. So, uh, well, next time you guys uh, get your head... Instead of watching Bohemian Rhapsody for the seventh time, maybe watch the fucking new Mighty Ducks trailer, <laughs> Pete. I don't know. But, uh, okay. So that was Memory Lane. We got two Mondo Rads out of memory lane. Hey, uh, all you listeners out there, to the dozens and dozens of the Working Perspectives podcast listeners out there, uh, make sure if you want to submit your memory lane suggestions to us, hit us up on the Twitter at Working P Pod or on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. Hit us up with your memory lane suggestions. All right, so let's move it on. So, Peter Hosen. Let me tell you something. We got a hell of a guest today. All right. Hell of a guest. Hell of a guy. Hell of a haircut. So our boy, we got some good shit and I want to get into it. So our boy here, Pretty Ricky, he was born in Abington and he grew up in South Central Chalfont. Right. He went to Catholic school. Absolutely. Went to Catholic school from kindergarten to all the way through high school. And then he went to uh, Temple uh, for college. He grew up playing some footy, footy, football, baseball, and then he did a little wrestling. And then, you know, he did some Akito and some Taekwondo, and then he played some volleyball as well. But right now he gets most of, most of his workouts in from chasing around five kids, which might be the most exhausting thing I could ever think of doing. Uh, and then, you know, he's got some jobs too that I want to get into. But before we get into the jobs, right, I want to start on some school stuff. So... Pete, uh, I know you went to Catholic school in the city, but out here in this area, um, when you go to Catholic school around here, it's very much like, uh, you know, because most of the Catholic schools, if you don't go to public school, there's only a couple of high schools you can go to. So when you're there, you're merged in with the other Catholic school kids that you've been playing in soccer and basketball and baseball and everything like that for like years. So there's some animosity when you show up. So, Ricky here went to a Catholic yeah. school called St. Jude. I went to St. Stan's, right? So, Ricky went to St. Jude. And I'm not going to lie, 
We beat the dog shit out of St. Jude in every goddamn sporting contest. It was like a freaking week off when we played St. Jude. All right? I'm just saying. But they had good school dances. I'll tell you that. Let me stop you right there, Matt. Not while I was there. Yeah, you're right. I know. I didn't. I didn't. You're, you are correct. I did not play you. You are correct. I wasn't. It wasn't against you. I will say that you were you were you were gone by then. We were Matt, when Matt, what Matt's saying is he chance. was actually beating St. Jude's last weekend. He was showing up there and just destroying. <laughs> yeah, he showed up with his loaded wiffle ball bat and just taught those kids a lesson. <laughs> <laughs> You're damn right, I did. You're damn right. So, all right, but Ricky, does the animosity like that's a? I always thought that's a big thing. You know, huge. Who would you say? Was your number one school that you were like rivals with when you went to Jude? Uh, there's no doubt about it. It was Corpus Christi. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and they they'll they would say the same thing about us. Um, you know, you had so I played football back in those yeah. days, but it was a combined team. So we were actually friends with guys from St. Stan's yeah. who were playing yeah. with us on our team, Romans. Mount Carmel and all over. Yeah. Romans football. Yeah. Um, the big thing and baseball, we were pretty good yeah. and it was kind of split up, but basketball, basketball was all between St. Jude and Corpus Christi. And they had these towering giants on their team. Yep. Um, but we had a, a bunch of Rena Catholics who you know, went to the public school and played for our team, and they would always call us out for having these monsters come in. And we beat them five times our eighth grade year, <laughs> and they never let it go throughout four years of high school together. Yeah. It never got dropped. Yeah, because Pete, you got to imagine there's only so many Catholic schools in the area, so you're playing all of those teams like a bunch of times. And then when we would get into like the, like you have like arch dies when you're getting to like, cause I remember when I was in seventh grade, we won the arch diocese in soccer, no big deal. Um, but yeah, one, the so, but you're playing like, then you play like other Catholic schools from around the city and stuff like that. But it is very much like, cause you're playing these teams, like with kids, like I knew kids that went to Goretti and I knew kids that went to uh, St. Rose and Corpus but the, I feel like we had, our, like, we, because we would beat all them, right? We would beat Corpus and, like, we would beat Rose and we would beat Garetti. Like, we would beat the pants off of them. The one team that I feel like St. Stan's, like, we always, like, it was, like, our biggest, biggest game of the year. Like, you always went in knowing, like, all right, this is going to be tough and we're going to go balls out was against Mount Carmel. You remember Mount Carmel, Rick? Yeah. Mount Carmel is a tough out. Because, like, St. Stan's was, uh, I think St. Stan's was one of the biggest Catholic schools in the area. So was Corpus. And then Mount Carmel was, uh, I think, the biggest. And St. Stan's was the second biggest. And St. Jude was, I think they were, like, fourth or fifth. But we would, when we would go, it was, I mean, I don't know. To me, they were always, like, they're a bunch of freaking rich socias that we had to stick it to. You know, living out there in Doylestown yeah. in their freaking developments with their freaking Land Rovers. You know what I'm saying? So Mount Carmel, I always felt was like our big kind of like, let's stick it to them. Like that was our big kind of week. But every other team, we just fucking steamrolled. You're right. They, they were. Yeah. They, they were the team to hate. Very much. 
We just didn't end up going to high school. No. They all went to the the, real, the rich kids. They, yeah, the rich were, kids. Uh, where, where, where were they end up going? They go to uh, what's the team that's really good at football? God, uh, they're black and black and gold is their colors. Archbishop Wood. Wood. Yeah, they go to Archbishop uh, Wood. Yeah, yeah. Wood's a freaking powerhouse, though. Apparently, but nowadays, yeah. now that they're recruiting. Yeah. Are they also renting Catholics or a renting are. Catholic? Yes. They are, big time. <laughs> yeah. they're the P- Dude, the PCL, people don't know this. The Philadelphia Catholic League has spur- has like birthed a ton of NFL talent out of the Philadelphia oh, Catholic yeah. League. Marvin Harrison, Rich Gannon, Kevin Jones, Maurice Stovall. Like these are all just, you know, NFL guys that came from the PCL. And now uh, Lansdale Catholics in the PCL, and they get the piss beat out of them. <laughs> they, uh, they they can't yeah. keep up with St. Joe's Prep no. and all the other schools that charge forty grand a year. Well, and they can also recruit like St. Joe's Prep and Roman. Yeah. They all recruit, you know. So oh, yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> let's uh, you know, I mean, Lansdale might be the land of the free and the home of the brave, but when it comes to recruiting kids, they're they're coming up short a little bit, but. You know, it is what it is, but still. So, uh, okay. So Catholic school rivalry is being gone. Let's talk about some of the sports you did pretty Rick. So, uh, you played some footy footy football and you said you played for Romans. Is that right? Correct. Yep. We, so I played Cannoneers football and Cannoneers football is weighted football. So you have to weigh in, but the Catholic school leagues football wasn't weighted. It was, it was, you you didn't have to weigh in. This is BS. I was Catholic. I don't weigh in. Yeah, same, same. But you played for like a regular league. You didn't play for the Catholic school league. They, they didn't believe you were a kid. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I had to cut 20 pounds to play with kids two years older than me. They're like, hey, everybody same. get ordered. Put on same. the plastic bag and take a lap. I'm like, okay. <laughs> like, right, let's have some fun, huh, guys? Dude, I was, uh, yeah. Dude, but I begged my dad. I was like, Dad, Uncle Bob's the coach. Like, why can't I play for the team where I don't have to freaking cut 30 pounds to play? You know? And he's like, no, we're staying and we're going to the Cannoneers and that's where you're playing. We ended up winning a state title. No big deal. But, you know, either way. Um, but, okay. So, how did you like playing football? Because I'll tell you this. That is, when I had to quit playing football... That was one thing, like, I loved playing football. Football was just the best, man. It really is the best. So I enjoyed it. I was always a really small kid. Yeah. I mean, in, like, seventh, eighth grade, I weighed, like, 90 pounds. Yeah. Um, but I had no fear. So I would go out there and mm-hmm. hit anyone with everything yep. behind me. I would knock both of yeah. us out. Those are, yeah. <laughs> we would both be laying motionless yeah. on the field <laughs> after every those hit. Are the most dangerous, those are the most dangerous kids to, to, that are out there. Like, I remember we had a kid on our team, and you I don't know if you know him. His name was Jay DeCola, right? Jay DeCola was like, he was like 100 pounds soaking wet. He was like, he could, he was a good, really good at track and cross country, but he was like 100 pounds soaking wet. And this kid was a freaking heat-seeking missile. Like, you didn't, like, dude, there was, like, our linemen. No one wanted to go against in, like, Oklahoma drills or the hitting drills. Like, Dakota was, like, the toughest one because he was just, zoom, like, he's fast, and he just he just lays it out. So you were kind of the same way where you're just a torpedo, just heading, like, just taking scalps, you know? Yep. That's it. Hit them hard and worry about Dude, it later. That's what I love. I love that's like a Steve Atwater kind of gimmick. Fucking Steve Atwater. He was a man. But so <laughs> nice. Okay. So playing football, you did that. That was awesome. And then baseball. I remember 
you telling me this, like you and your brother, you were big, like you got baseball was big for you guys, right? Like you're, yeah, you're, you're out there like taking like fielding grounders and all that, like all day. You know what I mean? Like that was your whole thing, right? You were big into the baseball. Is that right? Every day, every day we would go outside. We used to do it where, you know, our, our backyard, we turned into a baseball field. Yeah. I mean, it, it, there was a, a dirt diamond just from how often we would run the bases yeah. And we would play wiffle ball with your loaded would, bats. You'd be a team. Yep. With loaded bats. <laughs> and we'd be a team where you would pick, you know, you could be the, the Phillies or the Expos yeah. or whoever back yeah. then. But the deal was no matter, like you would go through their lineup hitting and you had to use their stance. If it was a, a righty or a lefty, if it was a lefty, you had to go up there and bat. That's right. Oh man. And so if you're John Cruck, you're up there wiggling your bat up above your head with the open stance. Barry Sheffield, you have um, the angriest, uh, angriest freaking yeah. stance. And then if you have Griffey, you got the most beautiful swing in the history. Oh, my God. That's great. That's it. So we'd occasionally do the All-Star games where it wasn't even who was, like, the best player at the time. It was just whoever had the batting stance that you wanted to go yeah. up there and bat with. Dude, that's awesome. That is awesome. But, Every day, dude. If I had yeah. if I had kids and I saw them doing that, I'd be like, these kids are just the fucking best. That's the best, <laughs> dude. That's so badass. I freaking I love that. That was I love that. Definitely my main sport growing up was baseball. Nice. I was a pitcher. My older brother was a catcher, so we'd be literally. Who was your guy though? Like, oh, if, if this is my last at bat ever playing, who was the guy you wanted? I know, to I know, I know who it is. I know who it is. I know who it is. And Rick, I want you to talk about this. Michael Jack, right? Yeah. Michael Jack, Michael yeah, Jack course. Schmidt. Ricky would like Ricky. Yep. So Pete, you remember seeing like those contests at the grocery store where you'd put in like a thing <laughs> to win, like to meet Mike Schmidt. You know what I mean? Or Randall Cunningham. Ricky is the kid that would win those. You know what I mean? Like I used all to- the time. He was on a first name basis with, with Mike Schmidt. Did you have to put the Jack in there whenever he says they Michael Jack Schmidt? Long fly ball, deep right center field, home run. It's out of here, Michael Jack Schmidt. Harry Callis, RIP. Fucking yeah. great. Yeah, I wish he was joking, yeah. but it, it's true, man. It, it got to the point where my family, you know, like you used to walk into a grocery store and there'd just be a drop box that yep. you would write your name yep. and put it in to win something. And, it got to the point where my family would go and put my name in rather than their own and come out winners. But I met <laughs> Mike Schmidt probably a dozen yeah. times through those oh, type awesome. of things. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was his caddy for a golf Dude! tournament against like oh, Charles Barkley oh! and Mike, Mike quick oh! and Ron, Ron Hextall, like oh! all sorts of awesome players. Dude, that's awesome. Um, and I'm also of the opinion that Mike Schmidt might be the most underrated hitter of all time because he played Dude. in the dead ball era. Yeah. So he has like people like, yes. oh, this guy's more home runs. This guy's more home runs. I'm like, yeah. But Mike Schmidt led the league in home runs how well, many times? Slugging how also, many times? Like, also, ask yourself this. The year when Howard hit 52, right? Right? Didn't Schmidt hit 50 at one point, right? Didn't he? 48. 48 was his he, he hit 48, right? And that was at the vet that had the deepest field ever, right? Yeah. It was what, like 450 to center, right? If he was at, he hit 10 balls to the warning track every year. That's home runs at Citizens Bank, right? 
You know well, what I mean? Like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and it's error versus error. Because, like, at the end of Howard's career, when I was like, oh, Howard's done, like, Howard was still hitting 25-30. Back when Schmidt played, if yeah. you hit 25-30 home runs, you were, you know, silver yeah. slugger, you know, all-star. Yeah. Like, it, it was just yep. a completely different league. So I think he gets underrated yeah. because his counting stats don't match up. But when you look at how many times he was a top three guy or top five guy or led the league, he's up there. You know, there's a reason he has three MVPs. Yeah, big time. I just always loved the, the defensive players, man. He played oh. such a clean third base yeah. and a cannon over to first. Yeah. That was it. And I, I was a – so I, I said I was a pitcher. But then when I wasn't on the mound, they moved me over to the, the, the hot corner. So I always loved him. I don't know if you remember, but there was one time you and I, when we were living together, just went to yeah. have a catch in a, yeah. in a park, right? And Not I was throwing you some pitches. Yeah. You had your catcher's mitt. Yeah. yeah. And toward the I end, remember. you're like, go out you know, into the outfield. And you hit me a fly ball and then stood at the plate. I threw you a laser yeah. right in your chest. Yeah. I remember. <laughs> it's one of my proudest 20-year-old moments. We were, we, I remember we were at the Kendrick Rec Center, right? And this is like, we were just like, you know, we were living together, but it was like, you know, we would work out and stuff and like just look for like different kind of fun things to do. And this was one of those where it's like, let's like, you know, let's have a catch and like throw a little. And Rick is like, he gets his whole body into it and just launches it, man. I'm telling you. And I like I was very impressed because Rick is, you know, Rick's like five eight, you know what I mean? But he's a lean guy, but he can whip that fucker the like, you know, fr- from out of nowhere. You know? So yeah, I was very much you are absolutely right. Rick's got a cannon. But Rick, so wait, you did you were Michael Jack Schmidt's golf caddy at like a pro celebrity celebrity athlete kind of golf thing with with chuck with charles barkley i've met chuck a bunch of times because he used to come into yeah i met chuck a bunch of times because he used to come into the public pen valley hey man why uh why you be showing with your (laughs) father-in-law man you crazy show with your father-in-law you crazy dude but he is dude i'll tell you what (laughs) He is he is a class act. Great, great dude. Really, really good. To pe- and like when he would be eating, like people, like he makes a big scene. He's Charles Barkley. He's very famous. So like he would make like people would be there and like want to talk to him. And the whole thing was like we would. The rule was like don't bother him when he's eating. Right when he's not eating, he's talking to everybody. He's taking pictures. He's signing autographs. He's great with like he. The kids are like the, he's awesome with them. Really good guy, great tipper too. Really good tipper. So, like Ch- Charles Barkley, in my mind, I know he can be kind of goofy, but he's a total class act, man. Total class act. I'm with you. I have the same personality. My wife's like, "Oh, we gotta do this." I'm like, "Don't talk to me while I'm eating." You know, we'll pay the mortgage tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, look, I have one rule. I'll be nice, but if you fucking bother me while I'm eating, lady, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna stop using the same shower as you. Okay, I'm gonna use my we'll own. Finish shower. the wedding ceremony after the meal. This is getting ridiculous. <laughs> what sugar's falling? 
<laughs> so, all right. So, Rick, do you remember that, though, that experience? Because that, as a kid, you must have just been, like, fucking bug-eyed all day. Yeah, that was a long time ago, though. I wouldn't expect you to remember that. Yeah, it, it was. It was a long time ago. I All I remember is walking up there and seeing the guy, and they were all just kind of standing around on the green yeah. when I first got yeah. there. And it, it was it was Schmitty, uh, Charles Barkley, Mike Quick, Ron Hextall, like all, all the Philly greats yeah. of around yeah. 1990, yeah. late the, 80s. The Mount Rushmore. Um, yeah. 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 Um, Hextall. That's Love about it. Hextall. I, I was probably six years old. Dude, that's awesome. All right. So you were, you were hanging, you, you became buddies with Michael Jack. Baseball was your gimmick. But then when you got into like middle school, high school, your brother was wrestling, Rick, and you were wrestling too, right? Is that when you started, like you would say, like middle school? Yeah, it was sixth, seventh grade or so. My older brother yeah. was wrestling. And so I started going actually into the high school and wrestling oh. with those guys. That was back when yeah. they had a wrestling room. Yeah. Um, so I got started around like 13, 14 years old. What, what was the nice, team, Rick? I, I didn't realize you wrestled. Was it a junior Knights or Panthers or was it? You wrestled at LC, Atlanta Catholic. Yeah. I didn't wrestle like in matches or tournaments or anything like that. It was just going to the wrestling room and training. Yeah. And nice. That sort of stuff. I went there when I was in eighth grade too. It was cool. But so we wrestled at LC. Yeah, you did. Rick, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Rick. Uh, so Rick kind of got it pretty bad with the hazing because he had a brother that was an upperclassman for the wrestling team. And he but Rick was a good wrestler. Rick really got into it. And I, <laughs> I remember one time this is so bad. We were at a wrestling meet and we're going out there to wrestle. And like, you know how you run out and you do the circle and everything and you're supposed to get like, you're supposed to be like zoned in and like doing your thing. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're out there running, we're out there running the circle and I step on Rick's foot and we both trip and I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Any, any, intim- uh, any, any intimidation that would have been had gone. So yeah, that was fun. There's no, yeah, yeah. There's there's no intimidation coming from our wrestling team anyway. So bad. All right. But so all right. So let's move. All right. So let's talk about. So Rick, you did wrestling. What did you think? How did you like getting into it and doing it and everything like that? I loved it, man. I always between martial arts and wrestling. Um, pretty spent my life in one or the other pretty much all times. And I always just loved the discipline, the workout. Um, Wrestling was tough, man. It it was to this day. I mean, I I got two little boys and I would love to see them get into it. And I live in an area now that is kind of prime for it, where you have a lot of really great wrestlers coming out of upper perk. Oh yeah. They are into (laughs) it. Yeah. Oh, you son What's of that? a bitch! He's District one. He, he he's upper perk. Yeah, he's he's up yeah, there District with the, the Derek Zinks yeah. and the Mark Smiths and the Devin Smiths. They Rick, they were our. Yep. They, that was me and yep. Matt and Tom's rival in high school. Oh, I know. I I followed that rivalry. Absolutely, man. Yeah. Um, and those were the days. I I haven't, I haven't seen much out of upper perk recently. 
you were there, Rick, you were there the night Pete had the biggest upset and came through and beat when we beat Upper Perk, weren't you? We were, weren't you at yes. Upper Perk that night? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Saw Pete in his shining yeah. star moment. That was the worst place to go wrestle a match oh, yeah. up at Upper Perk. Oh, oh the they worst. did. Oh, they had that, you know, they had the spotlight like many places did. Right. But. They yeah. had absolute nutcases in the stands in the dark behind that spotlight. <laughs> but, you know, they no were very worse. nice. Because I remember when I would go to wrestle there and I'd get up and they would start chanting, stalling Fat Man. And I'd be like, wait a minute. Am I the fat guy? <laughs> oh, they were awful. That's all right. I hooked up with a couple of those farmers' daughters, so it all works out in the end. Yeah. So that's it. I mean, Lancelot Catholic didn't have much of a wrestling program, and we would go up there and just get our asses whooped, and yeah. it would be like sixty-six to three, and yeah. that one three-point win for our school. That kid, that poor kid who lost for Upper Perk to the one kid from our school <laughs> would never live it down. <laughs> yeah. That kid's getting tortured. So, okay. So let's keep it moving. So wrestling was good to you. Wrestling's a good sport. I like yeah. I like that we big up wrestling on this show. But I do want to talk about this. You did do Taekwondo and Aikido, right? Yep. So, yeah. what, so um, what is uh, – I know just, just, just to step in real quick – yeah. Best Aikido guy in the world, Steven Seagal. Just want to let everybody know that's what he oh, that's yeah. Oh, my God. So, Aikido is apparently dog shit then, huh, Rick? Is that what you found out? <laughs> so, I, I, when I was little, started in Aikido. Um, I did it for a few years. I, I forget where I ended, like a purple belt. How, how old were you You're before you there. could beat Steven Seagal? Three. Okay. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Um, Son of a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Then I I think I stopped that around the time I started wrestling. Yeah. And then once I got into high school, started Taekwondo, which is very different from Aikido, but it's more offensive than Aikido. That is what a. UFC legend George St. Pierre started out was a Taekwondo. That, that, GSP. Yeah, that, yeah, GSP. Yeah. yeah, he started out in Taekwondo and then got his wrestling later on in life, you know. And he's still the greatest wrestler there there is in in MMA. Yeah. In, yeah. Uh, he, yeah. I, I, I guess it's like between it's between him and John Jones. Like those are the two guys really like, who's the best of all yeah. time. Yeah. One pop for steroids, the other is French Canadian, so it's kinda I don't know which one's better. <laughs> yeah. I spent it's pretty much always in some martial art form or another. Yeah. And what it was is, I mean, I, I was always the run of the litter. I was always the small kid. Yeah. And another thing is my family is not known as good runners. We are the slowest people mm. on the face of the earth. So my parents figured it out early. They're like, all right, he's tiny. He can't run away from anyone. <laughs> we got to get this kid some yeah. fighting lessons. Yeah, <laughs> like his bike's not that strong. He has to learn how to throw a punch and kick. Like, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is how I mean that's good though. I think that self defense is very much like an important part, especially if you're a young man. You need that stuff for sure. You know? And you don't it's not like you have to use Absolutely. it, but you fucking you just need it, you know? It's it's and nice it, to know you sports have Yeah. There's sports more than anything else teach the discipline. Agreed. A hundred Yeah, it, it give you that mindset. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. But 
Nice. Okay, good. I'm glad. And like, like you said, like you wouldn't, you know, having done Taekwondo, Aikido and wrestling, like you would be down if both your boys did it too. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, man. I can't wait for the day to be honest. Rick, how old are the boys? Pete, my boys are four and two. Uh, okay. So, so we're how many years away? Is the fact, what are you thinking? What, what's the age to start sports in your mind? Yeah. Um, so the four-year-old, I'm going to do t-ball with this year. Oh, okay. nice! It, it, but it's nothing you can take too seriously. No. It, it's honestly, I'd, I'd say more six or seven is where if you're going, if you want them doing sports throughout their childhood, that's probably the age to really start. It doesn't hurt to do it younger, but but yeah, it's just more um, like, hey, here your friends are doing it. You get out there and do it. Have a good time. Just it. Exercise, yeah. right? And, and you need Get the interaction. The you need the interaction with yep. other kids, big time. Yeah, big time. Nice. As far as actually training in a sport, I'd say that's more down there. I would think around seven years old. Or I seven. know. So I remember for my sixth birthday, my dad because we would watch like when my dad he would be away during the week and then he would come home and we would have Rocky marathons and like slumbers slumber parties, right? So me and my older brother asshole would like then mimic Rocky and all that stuff. So when I was six, my dad bought me like boxing gloves and headgear and mouthpieces and all that stuff for my sixth birthday. So then me and asshole would then box and we would have like boxing matches at our Cub Scout meetings, you know, when we were six. Right. So you have a four year old kid now, Rick. When are you going to buy him? You know, is it five and a half you're shooting to get him the uh, the whole boxing kit get up or what? Well, so we bought a house, a new house back in August and we got this huge basement. Right. And the basement split up into like four different rooms. And there's a room nice. that I measured it out and I have it coming that perfectly fits a wrestling mat. Oh. So that's our dungeon right Ooh. there. Um, we're about to start getting it prepared. Yeah. Uh, nice. I, I let him go at it, man. Boys got to fight. Brothers got to fight each other anymore. so that they're ready when it's someone else. I just want to point out yeah, how great of a agree. dad Rick is. Like, I grew up, I, I'm one of six kids, and we were in a row home in Philly until I was, like, 12. And Rick's out here like, oh, we have four basements. One of them has a wrestling mat, you know, and this other <laughs> one will uh, <laughs> set up this in. We had, a, we had a wrestling mat in our basement, and it was, it was pretty nice. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I liked it. I remember yeah. that wrestling mat. I think that's where Mike Newman uh, punched my head into a concrete wall. But I had it uh, coming. I signed yeah. a waiver. Signed a waiver. So taking it back to wrestling, Matt, <laughs> I remember your basement, your brother and I, brother asshole, yeah. and I would get done a wrestling practice. Yep. Your dad would come. He'd be like, you boys aren't done yet. Yeah. We'd have to go back to your house, down into your really? basement, and do practice all over again. Yeah. <laughs> Did you help Tom come up with the waiver? The, the waiver for boxing? <laughs> the, so the waiver actually, so what had happened was, and I won't say his name because I don't want him to get embarrassed, but so this was at the inaugural, what we would call Friday Night Fights, right? So... Uh, this is after my dad had split and my mom was kind of like, she was newly single. So her and my aunt, like on the weekends, my mom would go like hang out with my aunt and stuff and they would do their thing. 
So we had, like I said, we had the wrestling mat in the basement with like padded walls and we had boxing gloves and we would, as kids, we boxed all the time and things like that. Right. So during the week at school, we would match up like, oh, this dude's fighting this dude and this dude's fighting this dude and this dude's fighting this dude. You know what I mean? And like we would talk about it all week and get like the fights going and everything like hyped up. So then Friday night would come. My mom would take off to go to my aunt's. And we would have like, like legit, like Pete, what would you say? Like 60, 65 people in the basement, something like we that. We took Fight Club way too seriously. <laughs> and we actually knew how to fight. <laughs> yeah. So what we did was, is that we had people, because I remember one of the first fights, it was, uh, and I'll say it, it was Mark Metzerschmidt versus Kagan, right? And Matt, you won't believe this. Dave Witt, I was talking to him last night and he just told me about this. Oh, Dude, it was Pete. You were there. Oh, was I? Yeah, I may have been smoking drug cigarettes. Yeah, you and me box that night, genius. <laughs> so, but uh, what happened was it was Mark Messerschmidt kept making fun of Kagan for being overweight. You know what I mean? And he kept like he would pick on it and like give him all the shit. So, Kay, like, so we saw, we did it where it was Messerschmidt versus Kagan for the first fight. And I'm not gonna lie. And I did Wit say Kagan won the fight. Yeah, right? he said Kagan fucked him up. Yeah, Kagan was just throwing these big freaking ham hock haymakers and nailing them. Right, so that was like the first fight. Then we had the the second fight was Newman versus Kid. Uh, I won't say that kid's name either because freaking I don't want him to kill me. And then the third fight we had, <laughs> the third fight we had was a one punch knockout. Right. And it was right away, like a one punch knockout on, and it was two like big kids that lifted and everything like that. So as soon as that happened, I was like, fuck. So I went and I got a piece of paper and I wrote on it waiver. And I said, I was like, the underneath signee will not sue or do anything to the Lavelle family if they get hurt during this. It was all like handwritten, like really quick. And I made everyone that had already fought, everyone that already fought had to sign it. <laughs> and, then, and, and Ricky being in the insurance industry at one point, and I'm not sure what you're doing now, but but you know that these are legally binding contracts. When 17-year-old drunk kids sign this post-hoc, yeah. there's, there's no way to use it. Yeah. Sure. Just legalize these fights that were happening. Oh, yeah. And, like, I would, so I emceed a bunch of the fights. Like, I was, like, the ref and, like, you were refing someone else's timekeeper. And like at the end of the fight, I was doing like the hand raise and the crowd would cheer who won. Right. So like the whole basement's packed. And then me and Pete ended up boxing and Pete's beating the piss out of me. Right. And I'm in the corner and Pete's like going in on me and I punched Pete in the dick. <laughs> and, <he fell> over. <laughs> and I just, I like rolled out of the corner and I was like, I wasn't ah! using it anyway. Yeah. I was like, looks like he's down, guys. I don't know. And then you got up and you were not happy. Let me tell you. You fucking, it was like boxing a polar bear. <laughs> it's brutal. But there was a bunch of, we, we, had, we, would end up, we would end up having like a bunch of Friday night fights. Probably like, uh, I'd probably say like maybe, eh, I don't know. We had a bunch. But there, and like this, like eventually, you know who never lost at Friday night fights was my brother, Asshole. Asshole never lost. And he beat like he beat tough guys too, and he always won. And there are people like would call him out and stuff like after seeing him because he was like a smaller kind of. He wasn't smaller, but like people would wouldn't think he was that good. And dude, he was 
he would he never lost and he beat some tough dudes. So all right. Either way, so let's move on from that and let's get into what we're really here for is I want some of Pretty Ricky's job history. All right. So Pretty Rick, and I'm and I'm dying to talk about this. Okay. So I've been to this place. Is it is it still there? Rick, it's the, it's still not. It's, uh, it's still standing. Yeah, but it's not the same. Now it's no longer what it was. So uh, this restaurant had right. the best right. lasagna that you will ever ever have, and like the, some of the best food you'll ever have. I fucking love this place, and it was a great date spot. Right, it was just an awesome spot. Ricky's mom got got the gig there first, right, Rick? And then, and then you got it there. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, my mom worked there for a while, and then got me a job there. I think I was fourteen. Yeah. Food. So. Yeah. So Rick's mom worked there first. Is so it's called the roasted pepper. So Rick, you started working there. Uh, What were you doing when you were there? Were you started as a busboy or a waiter or what happened? Yeah, I was fourteen years old. Started as a busboy. Um, I'm not sure how long that lasted. Throughout the years, eventually worked just about every position in the place. That's but usually how it goes. Rosa Pepper. I mean, it it was your small town. It was in Chalfont. Yep. The SCC. Yep. Um, small town restaurant. The owner was the greatest guy in the world. Everybody knew him. He yeah. could have been mayor of the town, but he didn't care enough to do that. <laughs> um, and it was just the greatest place to work. I mean, working there, I ended up knowing everyone in town, and the money was awesome. Yeah, waited on the same people every week. Yeah, it, it was the dream childhood job, and it, teenage job. And it was very much like this is very much like the town spot because I remember there was a table in the corner, and there was a picture behind the table of five guys that would sit at that table like every Sunday, right? And it was the same yeah. five guys that sat in the same seats at the same table every Sunday and got the same thing. And there was a picture of those five guys behind them when they would eat, like, like it, was yeah. that, it was that kind of spot. So, and also this place had the secret weapon. So this place, not only was the food incredible, incredible, and the service was impeccable, but this place had the uh, the legend, the living legend, Harry Prime. For those of you who don't know, Harry Prime was like a crooner, like a like a Rat Pack guy, right? Yep. And he was, dude. I've seen him perform. This guy was smoother than silk. He had all the ladies eating out of the palm of his hand. He was just so charismatic, so talented, and he had some of the best stories going. Rick. You spent a lot of time with Harry Prime. Tell me, what did you learn? What did you see? What did you think of this guy? Oh, man. So Harry Prime, what a, a unbelievable guy. Yeah. Um, and you got to, Matt, you got to figure the time that you met him and you're saying he had the ladies eating out of the palm of his hand. Yeah. He was in his mid-80s oh, at that point. My God. Um, 
is born in 1920. He, he toured the country with the big band, awesome singer. And yeah. just his whole life was music. Um, and it got to the point where, well, I guess, so I, I'm working there and his daughter worked there as well. And we ended up kind of taking him in where he actually lived above the restaurant. And every time I worked, this guy would come down, sit in a booth, like right by like the, the bus station. Um, and we would just chat all oh, night long. He dude. would drink his Merlot. <laughs> he would have like five glasses of Merlot. Yeah. And we would just sit and chat all oh. night long. Him telling us these crazy stories. And he was a legit big band singer yeah. so he, he sang with some of the biggest um oh man like I, dean I, martin I would have frank be... sinatra sammy davis jr like that well, kind nah, of now victor Moe. that's that's who he was on par with oh uh, um, okay but, but they were, a those were like his rivals yeah. yeah so he he often toured with the tommy dorsey i, I believe it was tom dorsey band yeah. um and there were some others, but the stories this guy used to tell me as I'm like a 16, 17 year old kid should yeah. not be hearing this, these dirty stories <laughs> from this guy, this yeah. womanizer of a man. Like he was a uh, legend. Um, well, that, that's but just, the benefits of, you know, coming up, working in that restaurant industry is you learn all this kind of cool. You're like, yeah, yeah this older guy that's in there and he just starts that and you're like, oh, that, all right, all right, I got you. Yeah. yeah, and I'm telling you, in his mid 80s, even up to like 90 years old, he he used to sing on Thursday nights in this restaurant. Yeah, and it became a thing. Yeah. Everyone around knew about it, so oh. people flocked. There would be people lined up around the, or there would be people lined up around the building to come in and see yep. this guy sing on a Thursday night, and he would pick Couldn't a lady. Get a seat, standing room only. Yeah, and he'd find some other lady in the in the sitting in the restaurant and at some point grab her hand and start singing to her and you could just see her melt in front of this guy it was unbelievable oh, this guy had more games at Mom, nine years old. Off. that's not gonna be happy about this <laughs> yeah i'm telling you he, he harry prime was he's been he was a huge influence Harry in my Prime, life. That's as definitely as, a seventies porn name. Like, uh, no, name. it's definitely uh. not his original name either. That's a stage name. Yeah. But um, yeah, he's tell me stories of some of the stories he would tell. Living in New York City, um, he for a while, you know, back then singing, you weren't making millions of dollars. So he would tour. When he wasn't on tour, he'd have to have another job. Yeah. So he had a job as a disc jockey. Yeah. Um, so he'd be DJing some radio shows, big band music, his thing. Yeah. And when he would get done, he, he would tell me that every day he'd walk out and there would be two guys standing out there waiting for him. Uh, one was Tommy Dorsey, his, his band leader. Yeah. And the other was Babe Ruth. <laughs> and this was... It, after Babe Ruth's playing days, just yeah. Babe Ruth, right? yeah. yeah, no, 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 yeah. no, no big yeah. deal. No, nothing <laughs> so, so, special. Just hired Babe Ruth, you know. <laughs> yeah. So these two guys would be waiting for him to get off his shift DJing, and he'd get out, and they would immediately go to the same place every day, which was a bar in <sighs> Manhattan that was 
owned and run by uh, Jack Dempsey. Jack Dempsey. Yeah. Yep. Oh my god. And it would sit with Jack Dempsey, Babe Ruth, Tommy Dorsey, and my man Harry Prime. Oh. Uh, just sitting and chill all night long. Dude, I can't imagine. Like, I would love. Like, to be fair, that is such a great premise for like a movie or a TV show where it's like you have this aging singer at a bar speak talking to this young whippersnapper of a kid telling all these stories and like do like a flashback to the stories like that is awesome you know and he's like yeah. like this is like just before doop would hit the streets kind of thing like the mob was still everywhere running shit like he is yep. dude how fucking awesome is that like he was eating steaks and smoking cigars with freaking Babe Ruth, you know? Like, yeah. come on. Like, he's got to have stories yeah. out the wazoo and, like, going on the road and things like that. And he's telling you things like, hey, Sonny, don't ever tickle a girl behind her knees. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's exactly it. I remember hearing stories about, you know, I did, my mom, I would be sitting there talking to him and my mom worked in this restaurant yeah. too. Right. Yeah. So I'm sitting there like kind of keeping an eye out for her. Cause he's getting into some dirty stuff talking about bouncing girls heads off of headboards and stuff like oh, that. And I look, as, as my mom walks up <laughs> and I'm trying to shut him up. Yeah. <laughs> if you date a girl in New Jersey who eats pasta after Thursday, you're going to get warts. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> dude that's great that's awesome though you know what like i love that kind of shit i love when you have like an old timer like that like being able to pass knowledge and honestly dude i guarantee that that was one of the best parts of his week when he could like relive the old days and pass off some knowledge to you i've like you you probably didn't even know but how important you were to him you know what i mean like that I was more than happy to sit there and yeah. just listen to it all. Yeah. It, it was awesome. He was such a cool guy to be around. And God rest his soul. Yeah. He passed away just a couple of years ago. 2017. He passed away in 2017. And I think he was 97 or 98 from what I researched. But at least that's what the, but the internet's fucking wrong all the time. You know what I mean? It said, it said that uh, Bohemian Rhapsody was a good movie. So, you know, can't really trust the internet these days. so uh dude i'll tell you what i will say this right that i remember going to the pepper to to visit you and to see harry and you got us like i felt like like such a mobster like i would bring a chick there and like i was like hey i knew a guy he saved us a booth and you walk us in like and like would get us like get us the booth you saved you know and like we'd sit and we'd watch harry Dude, and I'm not lying. Like, like you have to imagine, Pete. This is like a one-floor restaurant, and it was like booths and tables and jam-packed, and like people are standing there just to watch him. Not even eat. Like they're just this guy who had such a presence and like such a talent that he just was like he was just in in like you know like you couldn't not look at him. He was just so talented and so and like don't get it wrong like his voice even at that age he's in his 80s you'd think like at that time like your voice would go this guy's still hitting every note in the book sharp as attack hitting every he freaking note smooth every word in between uh very oh, or whatever the oh. hell you call him <laughs> He could yeah. build it out until the very end, man. Oh, he he man. was unbelievable. 
That's it. Yeah, a one a in a generation. Oh yeah, one in a generation talent. Honestly, man, like he, like I would love to see the the Harry Prime story. You know, like let's let's get that freaking movie going. You know what I mean? I bet that would be better than some other movies that we yeah. want to mention. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh okay so and i'll tell you what rick you you worked at the pepper now this is one of the best things about like bartending or working at a restaurant especially like a mom and pop kind of one where you make good money and the, and like the people are respectful and you're not being treated like shit and it's not like a chain kind of bullshit but like one of the things uh is that you could get jobs and go to school and stuff and you still had the pepper on the weekends so like, and by the pepper, yep. we mean the restaurant, the roasted pepper, but like, so you were, you would work at high point summer camp, you're working at Applebee's and like, we're living together at this time while you're doing it. And you're still going to, uh, and you're still like Sundays at the pepper. Like I remember we would have like these blowout parties that were like, dude, these like the high point parties that you guys would have at Marco street were like yeah. stuff of legend. Oh, like people were like. Like people are in college that are saying like, dude, there's college parties that are nothing like this. This is just the best and blah, blah, blah. Right. So like that, like, so like you're going like partying all night and then heading up to the pepper to work a, you know, a 10 hour shift, like working, busting your ass waiting on tables. So like the, I feel like stuff like that, like a hard work thing like that, that's a mental challenge as well as physical. But I think like for me at least, like you went through wrestling, you went through Aikido, you went through uh, Taekwondo, like all those kind of things mentally prepared you and gave you the discipline to work multiple jobs at once and still like, yeah, you're young at the time, but still be dedicated and honor your commitments. Would you say that was something that kind of helped you brace that and like kind of like helped you grow in your careers forward? Like having that mental fortitude? Yeah, absolutely. It's like I said, that discipline, man. Yeah. It's a little maturity or something yep. that comes along with it. Um, but it, I mean, the, the pepper, the, the pepper put like, like you said, you would walk in as a customer yeah. and think, man, this is all, it feels like I'm part of the mob walking into yeah. this place. Yeah. Cause it was a family there. Yeah. We were a family. Yeah. Um, and to this, I mean, the owner, I owe him so much of my life. Uh, he was just the most unbelievable guy. Yeah. Uh, and he didn't, he didn't do it for the money. This place was all he ever wanted. So he, he wasn't, you know, making out huge off of it. He was yeah. just making enough to keep this place running, uh, to keep his, his workers employed. And, and that's it, man, to, Keep he didn't everyone have to answer to anybody else, but you know, nope. it, yeah, exactly. It's just kind of here we yeah. are. Here's how I want to run things, and we're gonna have a good time, and I'll make a little bit of cash yeah. on the side, pay the bills. Yeah. So it was an easy place to fall back on because it was like yeah. going home, you know. It, it, yeah. Just working one or two shifts on a weekend there. So yeah, you owe, so the, honestly though, what you're saying about like uh, about the place, like. Had, like being a family atmosphere, those are the best places to go to work at and to eat at. That's the, you're getting the best food, you're getting the best service. And like, it's just a comfortable place to be and like great, great atmosphere. And those are like, those are such diamonds in the rough, man. You really, it's tough to find those. But when you do, I, the people that came into the pepper, how loyal were those customers? They're not going anywhere else, buddy. They are loyal. No. Yeah. That's yeah, no, it, it got to the point. It it was 
crazy. Um, I mean, I went to proms with customers and, <laughs> you know, my mom, or like 10 years my ago. mom was the godparent of customers. Kids. Oh like it, it was, it was a family. I even, I learned sign language at one point because there was a couple <laughs> that would come in every week and they were both deaf. So I learned enough sign language to get through that, you know, their meal. Was That's it. fantastic. Um, Adios mio. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that's but, fantastic. Yeah, I, mean, I've, I haven't seen a place like that since dude, it ended up closing. You won't, and you won't. That, those are like, that's a once-in-a-generation place, a mom-and-a-pop shop, and they're a dying breed, too. You're not. You're not going to see something like that. It'll be rare. It's very yeah. rare. So, all right, so let's keep yeah. it moving. I did mention that you, uh, you were a summer. You worked at High Point as a summer camp counselor and stuff. And then you worked at a yeah. stint at Applebee's. I understand, like, I worked at Applebee's too, and I will say it is the worst job and the worst place I've ever worked. I'm sure you've had a similar kind of thing. Um, and then it was awful. Oh, it was the worst, the worst. And then didn't so after the pepper after your mom left the pepper, didn't your mom work at a diner that's like a famous diner that was on like a TV show? Isn't that right? Yeah, she's. She still does. Um, it, oh, it, nice. It's in, gosh, Horsham or Hapro or something. But and it, it it's like one of those old silver bullet type of diners. Yeah. Oh, you know what I mean? Ones, like, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, um, baby. Had, you know, you're gonna Guy Fieri was there. For, it was on that Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dive uh, show at one point oh, for nice. Scrapple or something like that. Food oh, porn. nice. Yeah, yeah, she's still there. Oh, baby. Can't the lady will never that. stop working. Dude, she's, your mom, shout out to your mom. Your mom's a great woman, man. Great lady. Always a big fan of your mom. Super nice, super great she's lady. She's a hard worker. I'll give her that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, okay. So let's move on to some of the other stuff. I want to talk about this. So you worked as an insurance guy, right? So what kind of insurance were you yes. doing? Because I know you did my car. I had, I got car insurance through you, and I think my mom and everybody else did too. Yeah, but yeah, what, she did. So, I think I had your yeah. whole family. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it was your t- like property casualty, car insurance, home nice. insurance, life insurance, all nice. that sort of stuff. Um, did that? Yeah. To pretty much get myself through college. Yeah. Worked during the day, and yep. then went to school at night i remember i remember that and i remember so your office too was on south street pete he were he worked on it south was. street in philly oh, so he was, his office was right on south street right on right on the he was right on the strip right right there i remember i would come visit him and stuff yeah yeah and you were like how many from you south- close to the land oh, so were you right by that uh that, that place that looked like it was a downies or- yeah downies yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It was right across the street. Yep. <laughs> For those that don't know, Downey's was on the inaugural season of uh, what, what was that one with John Tapper? Um, the restaurant oh. on Spike. Uh, Bar Rescue. Bar Rescue. It was, the, it was one of the first bars on Bar Rescue. It didn't work out. So <laughs> <laughs> that's great. But yeah. But uh, so you were there. So I worked yeah. insurance for. Many years. Because I remember you you would get an apartment down there. You were like a block away from the Italian market, right? Like we would go, like I would go, like we would go to baseball games and chill at your house, like your apartment. It was freaking awesome, man. I loved it down there. 
when you lived down there. That was such a sweet apartment in like the Bella Vista neighborhood in Philadelphia. Super nice. I was a block away from the Italian market. You got to walk to work every day. Sarcones. Oh, Sarcones. Steps down, right? That was the best. I miss that place all the time. Oh, I miss my that God. Place. Dude, the whole market. I mean, like, Sarcones, though. The smell. How could you, like, walking by, you smell Sarcones, and you're just like, oh, my God. How can you not go in? Yeah. That place is, forget it. Oh, that's top notch. So, nice. All right. So, what would you say were some of the challenges you faced while working insurance? Insurance? Uh, I, <laughs> the easiest challenge to note here is that I am the worst salesman in the history of the world. I just, I have no motivation for it. It's not my thing. And all the credit in the world to those who enjoy it or are good at it. I am a terrible salesman. I'm not pushy. Were you, yeah, um, you, were you too nice? We're like, I don't think you really need yeah. that. One out of so many people gets this coverage. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of bullshit is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like to think that I specialize on the customer service yeah. side of things. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Um, so I hated it. I, yeah. I, yeah. No, no lies. I, I hate it working in the insurance um i remember it wasn't my thing man i remember when i would come and visit you you were not happy with it you were not a fan like like no you like i mean i remember because i would bring like you know i'd be with like friends and stuff and i would take them like shopping on south street and things and i'd always try and swing by your office and you were always just like at your desk like jesus christ this place i just want to get out of here (laughs) you know but you did you yeah yeah so you were there for a little while and then after there, you transitioned to the place you're at now and like, yep. like uh, the, the beginner role of where you're at now. But you, so you went from there to where you're currently at and you're, you started as an associate system analyst, right? So correct. What, so first off, what did you have to go to school for this to be an associate systems analyst? And if yes, what did you, what did like, what was your major? Um, so not necessarily. No, I, I, to be perfectly honest, I kind of lucked into the job where I had a relative who worked at this place and, um, she let me know that they were hiring and that she thought I should apply. Yeah. So I did. Yeah. And they were generous enough to give me a, uh, an interview. Oh, nice. And so I went up and I knocked that interview out of the book. Fucking ballpark. A, baby. I'm telling you, like, the, the interviewed interviewer. With Michael Jack Schmidt, and it was just. <laughs> 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 so, you remember me, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so the interview just went really well. Nice. And turns out I was completely unqualified <laughs> for the position <laughs> I was interviewing for. Sure. So ultimately, it went to someone else. Um, but then I got a call a couple of weeks later and it was the person who interviewed me. And he said, listen, you know, we liked you. Um, yeah. But in order to get the position you applied for, you need to have a degree in information technology Ooh. or is this you know, F- so much experience. Yeah, not, not, is this, uh, when you say, is it like MIS, like management information systems or what, what was the actual major or, or- it, oh, um, 
Oh gosh, I didn't, Jesus, to be honest, Pete, Pete, I, don't, I, I couldn't fuck? even tell you. Where the hell did that? Are you interested? Come from? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm digging deep. We got some young kids that might be listening, uh, like my niece and just. <laughs> yeah, no, it was something in the, the information technology or information realm. Um, and I have a finance degree, and at this point, I did have a finance degree. So the interviewer okay. calls me back up. He's like, you know, you, you either needed to have experience or you needed to have a degree in this field. Um, yeah. But we really liked you. So they ended up opening up or creating an entry level position oh, nice. and offered it to me. Oh, so as an associate babe. analyst. Yeah. yeah. And they were just kind of so like teach you, got my teach you on the, the job. I decided, exactly. Exactly. Okay. Um, so the job was never burn bridges. Like you know, you have the interviews. It might not go the yep. way you want, but just you know, always have your best foot yeah. forward, and oh, yeah. everyone know what's going to come. For sure. For yep. sure. Um, and it, it was awesome. I mean, so I had to move. It, it was a little. It was outside of Philly. I had to move out of there to get a little bit closer. Yeah. And the yeah. job was. It's a major health network. And it's working on Ooh. their electronic medical records system, which yeah. is the system that yeah. holds that all the doctors document in, does all the billing out of it. Um, nice. But I was starting with zero knowledge of it and was kind of on the billing or like patient access side of things with it. Yeah. Um, so I started at the bottom, started learning. Sure. After a couple of years, was able to, start managing some projects for nice. different hardware they were rolling nice. out and that sort of thing. Just, I would go home at night and read coding <laughs> textbooks and yeah. all that so Are you the reason why I too. have my little app now and I can look up what I owe and uh, what my prescriptions are and all that kind of fun stuff? It's funny you ask, Pete. <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of where this has largely led. Oh, wow. Well, it, it was now great you, because... Now I know so, how much I owe to the doctors because of you, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> if you ever have questions about medical billing, I'm your guy. <laughs> oh, um, but I, I started out, like, the people I was working with have been doing this for a decade or 20 years or 30 oh, years, man. and, and I, I knew nothing about it. But a couple of years after I started there, they decided to switch to a new system. Oh, so they were going to replace what I had been working on oh. and start with a whole brand new system, oh. completely different coding language and yeah. all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And here comes um, the kid. Has, isn't buried in the knowledge, has a, a fresh perspective. Yeah. Well, so that's it. So I go and apply to be on this huge project that they're throwing $100 million at oh. to bring in this new system. Oh. And I get rejected. Right away. And they're like, nah, we're going to keep you doing what you're doing. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. You know, I'm here. Now I'm trying to learn yeah. about this system that is going to go away in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, so I was pretty, you know, yeah. disgruntled over that. But then I ended up getting a call back on that one as well. And they're like, <laughs> Your you know interviewing what? skills are off the chain, yeah. man. Yeah. So. I ended up getting a spot on it. It was kind of the last person put on the team. 
and it was for the billing side of things. Oh, I see. Because you're um, finance in this new system. So, so you have like yeah, and it kind of worked because yeah. I do it. I have a finance degree. Yeah. I'm a mathematical mind. Yeah. Who's that girl um, that dance? It doesn't look slutty, but it has an nice ass. She's like, you know what? Uh, maybe I'll, I'll take yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> He's not going to offend anyone, this guy. Yeah. May as well just put him on, fill the spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, Dude, that's great. So you came on as like the finance guy, not like an SME or anything like that, right? No, I, I sort of very bottom level and have just okay. been working my way up from there. Um, so, all right, so let's really get into is, that. So, it's always, so, yeah, so you're saying you started as a bottom, you were an associate systems analyst. Now you're a senior systems analyst and programmer, right? So when you got into that that project, that kind of catapulted you and gave you like a, a rung to climb on to get up to where you're at now. Is that right? That's exactly it. I mean, nice. really the way I see it, getting onto that project put me at the same level as everyone else because yep. it was new to everyone else. And that was my chance to show that, I mean, I, I'm a quick learner. I, I've yeah. always known that, and yeah. I'm willing to put in the work yeah. to get it done and and it's um, kind of get they ahead. Throw everybody into the pool, and uh, Ricky was the yep. one that kept moving his arms. Hey, yeah, man. That, yeah it, I like brother. that, Pete. I like that. Hey, it's true. So, but that was so. From there, it really did. It, it kind of took off. Um, I just took on as much responsibility as they would possibly let me oh, have. That's and great. Just see worked that, long hours at times. Yeah. And but, just kept going. But you know what? That's the kind of shit I want people to hear, especially younger kids. Cause we, I've talked about this before on the show. It's so, like complaining the most, doing the least and not being committed. Doesn't get you a position, right? You were, you, you were committed you did as much as you possibly could, right? You didn't complain. You were eager to learn. Like that kind of shit, that's what gets you a supervisor role or a senior role or something like that. Not fucking whining about what needs to be done and not having any solutions, you know? Like, so it's yeah. good to see that working and doing it right, like you're doing and having like the fire to learn more and grow, it was rewarded. And that's great to see. Sorry, Pete, go ahead. What were you saying? And it's also the, uh, you know, thinking outside the box and being open-minded because like, some people go with yep. a finance degree and they have a certain thing. Like, I'm going to work on Wall Street or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. And, and But when you start thinking like, okay, yeah. how do my skills applicate to every – like there's finance yeah. in every business, right? Like so what, what, what do I yeah. bring to the table and how can I improve it? You know, that's that's what that's the name of the game. Yeah, yeah. really true, Pete, because um, I mean, a lot of my job – so. I do the money for this health network. We do about 60 to $65 million a yeah. day in revenue. Oh my it, it God. It's huge. Wow. Um, and I'm the one who coded into this system, the tracking of every single penny, Whoa. every charge, drop, right. every payment or adjustment, you know, with each transaction that drops yeah. in this hospital, I mean, Pete, I, you're a, a money man, I believe. I'm an accountant, um, yeah. So I, I know a little yeah, bit what you're talking call, about. Yeah. No, that's it. Because that's I, I do the build that gives the accountants what they need to do their job. Exactly. So yeah. every transaction, I code with a debit and a credit, yep. and 
have to make sure it all squares up in the end. The more, the Ooh, better you are at your job, ass. the easier my job is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's yep. great. So, Rick, real quick, I want to ask this, right? So, uh, with your system being said, right, like, I'm assuming that there's other kind of, like, systems like yours available. What would you say, like, makes yes. your system better than the other ones that are available? Or what would, like, besides, obviously, like, the, the ability to track all the financial stuff, like, what other, <laughs> what other things would you say would make it, like, like more desirable? Uh, User-friendly. I mean, especially compared to yeah. the others that I know. Yeah. Um, there's two biggies in the industry right now. There's two really you big companies. You, you, don't have, do these. you don't have to say the names. Nope, not going to. You can say it. But I work on... <laughs> so I, I work on one, yeah. and then there's a second. And, and they're very similar in that the user interfaces are top-notch. Yeah. Um, we're rolling out upgrades to the system every quarter. Oh, wow. It's nonstop. Yeah. Yeah. It's just nonstop improvements. Yeah. Every quarter. That's yeah. phenomenal. Right. Like I would love my, like a system I would use, like, yeah, some updates, but like you're saying like the updates you're putting in are faster processing speeds and things like that. Right. Like, and obviously like the gimmick cosmetic stuff, but it's like more internal stuff on an upgrade every quarter not every like obviously you're not updating the processing speed every quarter but still it's like no it's like certain things like that are coming in every like you're getting something better every time like incrementally it's making it better every time i think that's fascinating that's great yeah they usually they'll pick certain areas um you know we're and when one ends we start working on the next upgrade immediately <sighs> that's incredible. but they'll, they'll pick certain areas to hit hard on each time like uh, you know this time around is a lot of like the patient portion the patient statements and the payment plans and all that sort of stuff yeah um that affect the actual patients and and the patient portal like you yeah. were saying yeah. yeah um do a lot of work on that but and then another time it might be something geared towards, you know, the cancer center physicians or oh, they'll wow. usually pick some sort of specialty and hammer hard on that area to get exactly as they're hearing from feedback from all their different health networks throughout the nation. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. And is there, is it like, is there, it, are there like a couple of points you're trying to hit? Like I'm always trying to work on this or I'm always trying to work on this. Like maybe I'm always trying yeah. to work on, you know, customer quality or I'm always trying to work on speed. Like, I, I, you know. Yeah. Or interface. Yeah. Things like, yeah, go ahead. Like in accounting, oh, it's always like, how can I make us money or how can I make it so that we won't lose money? It is kind of like the way yeah. we always look at it. So yeah. I would say the biggest thing right now, and it's probably across the board in the entire healthcare industry for the actual healthcare networks is it's geared toward the patient facing stuff. Yep. Um, and it, it's, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, making it sellable. It, it's like yeah. estimates yeah. and it, it's consumerism. That's yeah. the word. Consumer, it, it's, so you're it's, consumer facing. 
Or quality it, assurance. Exactly. Okay, what, you know, what, Pete, you and your big better. fucking words all of a sudden, all right, pal? You're using all these fucking industry terms, and I'm not appreciating it, all right, pal? Because Look, I'm I smart. watch a lot of Shark <laughs> Tank. I'm fucking smart. I watch a lot of Shark Tank. I know what Kevin O'Leary's thinking, and that's what I'm getting to. Yeah. You watch a lot of Shark but, Tank uh, and a lot of 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a, a lot of the healthcare industry is moving towards consumerism in that it, it's you're it's trying true. to sell your business to yeah. the population yeah. and have them come to you rather than your rival uh, neighborhood. What yeah. stops me from you know, getting cancer and what makes me feel better about my cancer? There we go. So it's almost like you're making it like user friendly <laughs> is the gimmick, right? Like that's kind of the thing. Like user friendly and just making it like, because to be fair, like uh, going, like people think going to the, and, and it is going to the hospital, or going to the doctors can be kind of a chore or something along those lines. So like you're trying to sell like, nope, we're making it easy. We're making it mobile. We're making it, you can do all these things over the phone via the app and like all that. And you're updated with all this kind of stuff whenever, right? Like that's kind of like yep. you're selling. See, and that's going to sell because yeah. people, well, obviously I, no one wants to go anywhere anymore. But yeah, I'm with you. So go go ahead, Rick, go. When you look yeah. at this past year with the pandemic going on, I mean, as soon as it kicked off, I, I was working 16 Ugh. to 20 hour days and we turned our network Ugh. into almost compl- as much as possible a virtual health network. It, it's all telehealth. It was now. all. Yeah. Telehealth, video visits, um, yeah. everything you could do through technology, we were doing. That's how I got even, my even, marijuana card was telehealth. So, Rick, before the pandemic hit, though, was that like on the table, like the telehealth thing? Like, is this something you were working yes. for? Okay. So it was already kind of there. But once the pandemic hit, it was like, look, this is right to the front of the line. Let's get this going. Let's move it. Let's do it kind of thing. Right. Exactly. We dropped everything else. And, you know, it, it used to take us maybe four months or so to bring up a, a new specialty or whatever on on video visits. Yeah. Say. And all of a sudden they're like, all right, used to take you four months to do this. What do you think about three days? Uh-huh. So we would get a big group of people together and you had you had physicians, we had pharmacists working with us, and oh. we would all just sit on a phone call all day long, hammering through, um, well, making it happen. And it's interesting yeah. because, like, like technology begets technology, right? Progr- pr- progress begets progress. So, like, you go to this telehealth thing, and all of a sudden, like, the big thing now, right, is mental health, mental health, mental health. But it's kind yeah. of hard to go – like, now all of a sudden, telehealth is something you can always do over there. Like, it kind of expands at uh, – mm-hmm. uh, an aspect of healthcare that people might not have explored before. Like, oh, I don't know if I want to go see a shrink, but all of a sudden oh, I can call them from my room. It makes it more accessible, more, yeah. you know. Yeah. 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 And have a video chat yep. whenever. Absolutely. Yeah. And like show, hey, doc, take a look at this rash for me real quick. And you can do it over the phone video chat. Yeah, for sure. What kind of, so I, this is an interesting question I had for you, Rick. Because you are dealing with people's medical records. Do you have like a doctor or like a like a patient confidentiality thing that you have to deal with with your kind of Oh yeah. Okay. So like because you have access to people's systems and their records. So if you yeah. like your ass could be fuck your your ass is grass if that if something like that gets out. So do you guys have like and like and that being said, you must have like a massive firewall 
in this as well. Is that right? Oh, it, it, yeah, absolutely. The security is unbelievable oh. at, at this place. Um, and so, I mean, Just I don't know if you've ever heard of the term HIPAA, but there's HIPAA yeah, laws. Yeah, so yeah. if I coast, see right? a name that I recognize, <laughs> not quite, <laughs> but I mean, it, Privacy. If I see a <laughs> if I see a name I recognize in the system, just as I'm going about my daily business, I have to jump out. Um, wow. I have to get my wife to yeah. sign off on me going in and you know checking a lab test that she had done or something. Wow. Like so when I mean, Rick talk, when, when Rick runs into us at the uh, at the deli, he can be like, "Hey, how's that uh, dick growing medicine going?" You know, like yeah. he'll, get, he'll get in trouble if he, if he says that out loud. <laughs> I mean, Pete, everybody yeah, already knows that, that you have genital warts. So it's, you know, no surprise. Yeah, exactly. How <laughs> the warts doing, it, Pete? <laughs> if they didn't before, they do now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, he's... Now I got to sue myself. I'm in trouble. So, okay. So, Rick, dude, that's fascinating, man. I think that's awesome because, look, the, part of what we want to get off, get going on this show right is that people every people leave every lead everyday lives. Like, you wake up, right? You wake up, right? You get out of bed. You turn on the TV. Who made that TV? Who made the remote you used to turn on the TV? Who made the phone that you're, you're, you're on, right? Then you go outside. Who made that car? Who made the streetlights? Who made the stop signs? Who made, you know, that building? Who made this? Whatever, right? When you go to a doctor's office, every time I go, you got the doctor coming in and he's got a laptop or he's got a tablet or she, he or she has a laptop or a tablet and they're putting gimmick in that is like you're talking and they're just whack, 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 doing all this stuff. That's your yeah. system that they're doing, right? Yeah. See, that's fascinating. Correct. to yeah. me. That's fascinating. And that's the kind of shit we love on this show. So now when people that listen to the show to the dozens and dozens of working perspectives, podcast fans that listen to the show, next time they go to the hospital, they're going to know the kind of thing like that person's doing is a system that was developed by Pretty <laughs> I can go you to know. my uh, I can go to a CVS in North Carolina on vacation and still got my prescription because Ricky set up the system. You know, I, God I, damn <laughs> right. You, you can all rest right. easy. You can all rest easy because thanks to me, your bill is coming. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> So, all right. So, Rick, thanks for telling us about the job and everything. That's awesome. So, let's move on. I want to go over a couple things. So, like we said, you're a husband and a father of five. So, fucking God bless you there. And then uh, when we went over some hobbies that you might have, um, you don't have because, like I said, you're a father <laughs> of five. So, you have no time for hobbies. Yeah. One thing that you did say that you did like, and I find this a lot with like adults like our age that have kids, is you do some yard work therapy, we'll say, where it's like getting out there, cutting the grass, whacking some weeds, trimming the hedges, like getting away from the kids and like putting some headphones in and doing your thing. Like you like doing that. I know ba Jason Bowers, good friend of the show and listener of the show, guest, former guest of the show. He's one of those where he likes to do some yard work. You know, Bach, same way, loves to do some yard work. Our friend uh, Bach with The Date You Hate, loves some yard work, gets some good yard work therapy in. So what do you think, Rick? You like out there, going out there and uh, whacking them weeds or what, buddy? Oh, absolutely. That's my thing. And I yeah. mean, I grew up with a single mom. Yeah. And it was, I was probably seven or eight years old at the time that 
I, my brother, my older brother and I both took over the yard work. So I've yeah. been going at the yard work for a good 30 years now. Yeah. Um, and it is, that's my me time. Yeah. That, that's like my meditation. Some yeah. people like to do yoga, all that. I like to get out there. I throw on some headphones, yeah. get behind the mower and go to town. What are you, what are you listening to when you're out there on the, on the, when, cause you have, you told me you have, power. <laughs> so what are you listening to? I like Chris Cornell has been my mowing stuff what is, as of late. Oh, uh, the singer, Chris Cornell. Like, yeah, um, Chris Cornell. Man. right that one you have temple of a dog uh audio slave and um what was the name of the band the black hole sun song black hole black sun. Sun. yeah 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 I don't, I don't know the name Chris of the Cornell. band if you if you guys don't listen to him you gotta <laughs> check out some All of right. that stuff i'm a big i'm a big audio yeah, books I, guy I love being out there yeah. working on the yard. Um, I got a nice yard now to take care of. That's a whole nother fucking. level to it. Humble brag so we'll much? do the uh, round two we'll do at your house on location. Yes. <laughs> no, I was, I was going to mention that. <laughs> you guys are more than welcome to come up and hang out. We'll do it around the pool. All right. Hey, dude. Hey, we might have that. That might be... Uh... Maybe that's where we'll shoot. Uh, well, hold on, we can't say that. But yeah, dude, I they I'd be down, man. I w- we're definitely gonna, you know, would love to take this uh, the show on the road for sure. So uh, obviously, Shake lives in California, so he can't make it. But yeah, dude, that'd be fun. So okay, so nice, man. Good. I'm glad that you get that. And and honestly, I know I'm not on the same level of parenting that you are because you have you know five times the amount of children that I do. But you do need that me time. Like you do need that. And like I t- and it's tough. Like I don't know. I don't know how your wife is, but my wife is like so much. Like always wants to be a mom. Always wants to be like and like feels like she gets like a kind of like a guilt thing. Like if she's not with the baby and stuff. So like I I don't know if your wife's the same way but like yeah. I have to like tell my my wife like no like take a break like you need some time like you need to like go get your nails done or go get a hair your hair done or go shopping or some bullshit like that and like yeah I got to take the kid for like an afternoon but she needs that you know like they you know and like would you yeah. say your wife's the same way uh, Yeah and it, you know what it's funny you bring that up cuz very much that that way same thing um and you need to get away from it um and i kind of fell into that myself where it was a year ago now a year ago this weekend that i started working at home and i'm always home yeah i'm still working at home i haven't been to an office in a year it's the worst um and, you know, it used to be that my me time was my commute to and from work. I had yeah. a 40-minute drive there and back. Yeah. I lost that. Um, oh. So I kind of understand that a little bit more now where you do need to just yeah. – being a 24-7 parent and spouse yeah. and just having people depending on you yeah. – constantly yeah. wears you down hey, Rick, you know i'm not a parent but i like how you brought that up because like some people are like oh the commute's the hard one commute's hard but but for a lot of people the commute is the good time to unwind because I, like, yeah, I absolutely I, yeah, I stopped driving a while ago for work like i, I take the train or the bus 
And it's like, you know, 15 minutes or whatever it is. It's like, I'll throw on my little podcast, yep. screw around on Twitter or Facebook. But it's just like, here's 15, 20 minutes to just stick around, listen to something I find interesting. And, you know, just, you know, that's yeah. it. Yes, yeah, your your time. And yeah. people lost it yeah. during the pandemic, you know? Yeah. My wife used to get mad at me because I would get home from work and I'd shut off the car, step out hear a bunch of screaming in the house, just sit back into the car for another five minutes. (laughs) 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 Just put my sports talk back on for a few more minutes. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Dude, that's fucking awesome. Yeah, I wish there was a video of that. <laughs> you know, like that's like the perfect. Are you sure the app's like, ready? Man. I can come back. I can come back and finish it up. He has to get the market tomorrow. <laughs> oh my god, dude, that's great. That is so great. You're like, oh, 16 hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll work some overtime for sure. No, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. I love man. Mike Missinelli. That's but all dude. I want to do is listen to Missinelli on the drive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dude, that, that is, I mean, I'll tell you what, it is a blessing and a curse. Like, don't get me wrong. I had like, a, it was like 50 minutes for me, my drive to work. And like in the morning, it kind of sucks. You're getting up early, whatever. And like after, in the afternoon, like you're sitting in traffic. So it's even longer. Right. So I don't know. Sometimes I like the commute. Yes and no. Cause like you do, like you said, like you're like, I would zone in on like an audio book or a podcast or something like that. And it's nice to just like focus on something else and let your mind like wander because I'll tell you this, this is something that I learned at the hard way, dude. And and I know it's like cliche, but when you're with a kid, a split second is all you need. And you turn your head for a split second and the kid's fucking gone. And you're like, what, the, what, 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 you know? And it's like, they're standing on the stairs or something. You're like, Oh my God. You know, so like that shit, like it does, you're on edge, you know, like you need a place where you can let go and and like cut loose a little bit. You know what I mean? And like, because when you're with a kid, you fucking like there's, I'm I have a, one of our Jason Bowers. I mentioned him again, just mentioned him. He told me something and like, cause I, like I was talking to him one time and, and it was about like before I had my kid and I was asking him things about like being a parent cause he's got twin boys and you know. And I'm talking to him about it. And he's like, dude, just don't be the dad who's not involved. And like the dad who just doesn't do anything and like lets other people like take care of his kid. And like, like not like his wife, like let's like, you know, like he's like off on his phone and someone else is helping his kid do something. He's like, don't be that dad. An unattentive parent. That's just don't be that, you know? So it's good to hear like, like, but on the other side of that, like, but do you, do you want the happy? Do you want a happy medium? Because it's kind of like, all right, you, you don't want to be the unattentive dad, but, but you don't like, want to be the dad that volunteers to do everything. You get that where like, why does this guy always like? You want the yeah. guy that's like, like, oh yeah, I want to help him out, but oh, the Eagles are playing Sunday. Like the guy yeah. that's like wants to help your kid with everything on Eagle Sunday. Like I don't know if I want that guy. Around yeah, my kid. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. You're, you're, you're right, man. You're right, but like you need the happy medium, right? Like you, it's. You need to be an att- when you're with the kid. You need to be an attentive parent, right? But you also need your me time to go watch. Begrudgingly to- attentive, like you yeah. have to do it, but you don't enjoy it. That, that's we're that. like, <laughs> well, like for me, it's like I, I, you just have to watch them. Like I don't want to hover. Like I, like when when my daughter falls down, like if she's if she just trips, 
I'm not going rushing over and picking her up. She needs to learn how to fall down and stand back up. You know what I mean? Right like for you, Matt. Like that's yeah. like that you need like they, she needs to know like that 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 shit happens. You need to learn to pick yourself back up. That's like you know and like yeah, she's gonna fall on things. But if she goes near the stairs or if she's like near like like pulling something down off of a cabinet that's glass and like you know what I'm saying like that shit you kind of you need to be there to prevent. But on the other stuff, you just watch them and make sure they don't do anything where they could hurt themselves, you know? But, like, other than that, like, I, you know, I'm not saying, like, mother and, but also, like, I shouldn't be, you know, like, uh, you know, if we're, if we're somewhere and your dad's there and it's his opportunity, or, or, or mom or dad, and the parent's there and they should be parenting and you have to take over for them because they're on their phone, like, jerking off. That's not acceptable. Like that, that's, that yeah. is not, you know, like that's not fair to the kid. It's not fair to you and it's not fair to the other parent. And like, that's, that's being, you know, that's just being like, uh, like, uh, you know, it's just, it's not like you're just being, it's just not, I, I don't, I don't agree with that. You know, like that's just not right. No, you know? I don't know how you, that, that whole idea, Matt, is so alien to me and I see it. But I just can't understand it. I mean, yeah. and maybe so, you know, I, I have five kids and it's a different yeah. lifestyle where your family is your life. That's it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it, Matt, you're a good buddy of mine. But how often have we gotten to see each other lately? Dude, Not never. much because yeah. my family is my life. The, the, the adults I see yeah. are the school friends parents or yep. the baseball parents yeah. or the dance parents you know yeah um it's uh, john mulaney has a good bit where he says like dads don't have friends they just have other dads they talk to at events he's like no no <laughs> yeah he's yeah. not wrong he's not wrong but but that's the thing like you need your but like like we're saying like you need your me time i like i don't know if if you think now rick i don't think that i think that say the the inattentive parent i don't think they're inattentive because of a lack of me time that they get i think they're inattentive because they're, they're like sometimes they're being selfish you know what i mean like oh yeah like you can yeah, you know like absolutely, like man. yeah you might not get your me time that you need but that's no excuse to fucking make your kids suffer for that you know what i'm saying right like yeah and, it, and it's different there is different scenarios and things like that but when you're the parent on twitter and on facebook instead of like you know with helping your kid get like get dressed or helping your kid do something and someone else has to do it that's not their parent that's just unacceptable you know what I mean? Like, what I what I see though is that at, with those parents, at some point in their life, yeah, they do look back and regret it. Really? And I just, uh, yeah, yeah. At some point, the the light turns on, and they look back and realize that they weren't really there. Yeah, like they could have been. Yeah, or should have been. But it's kind of like a two. Well, also too, and it, this is to be said, man. And I'm not like. I'm not a super parent. I'm not trying to say that I am. I'm probably like, if you're looking at me from the outside, I'm probably a fucking terrible parent. You know what I mean? Like my wife is a great parent, but the, to me, it's like, I can see it is, it, the, the exhaustion is real. Right. And I only have one. I can only fucking imagine how exhausted you are with five, Rick. I can't even fathom. I, I don't know if Ricky is at this level yet, you know, but my, uh, I'm one of six kids. 
Yep. And my mom says it's like one of those things where like one kid's hard, two kids is very hard, three kids is impossible, and then four kids are like, ah, I've accepted that one of them might die. Yeah. You know, like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, Pete. Pete, you're dead right, man. You're, it's the honest to God truth. It, it's, it's like, like a our house is a zoo. Yeah. Our house is a zoo. Yeah. And there's always somebody crying. Like, so, Matt, you were talking about having a kid crying. Yeah. Um, there's always somebody crying in our house. Yeah. And if it is something serious, like a broken bone or yeah. you yeah. Know, like like blood yeah. squirting out somewhere, yeah. then I trust that that's going to stick out to me in some manner. Yes. But if the kids are down in the basement playing in one of my four basements, Pete, um, <laughs> the, if they're down there playing, I, I hear someone crying, and but the others aren't alarmed by it. I'm not going down there. You kids deal with yeah, it. Like, oh, you guys right, figure yeah, it out. Yeah. We're watching yeah. uh, Sword yeah. the Stone versus Lady yes. the Tramp Agreed. or something like and, that. Like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't do crying. <laughs> crying does nothing for me at this point yeah. anymore. Ricky needs yeah. blood curling screams like, oh no, the neighbor yeah. might hear this. What's going on? <laughs> I need to see splatter on the walls before I'm coming. <laughs> that being said, Rick, have you had a scenario like that? I mean, I don't want to bring up something that's like dramatic, but nothing have you had physical. Nothing, uh, no, nah, nothing physical. And how, um, how's the old, nothing is the oldest four, or how how old is the oldest? No, it's not four, right? You nine, eight, eight, eight. Okay, eight. okay. My old, she'll be nine in two weeks. Okay, so so um, the oldest but, is the girls. That, yeah. So all right, here it is. The oldest is eight girl, and then the second number two is a girl. She's ooh. six. Ooh. So we have uh, eight, six, yep, yep. four, two, and five months. Uh, girl, girl, boy, boy, girl. So here, here's uh, my sibling experience. Rick, Ricky, you know, in, in a couple years, the, the, the boys, you know, they'll be getting to six and four and so on. And he's like, these boys are proud. They're just breaking stuff and everything. And then in a couple years, the girls will get to 14 and 12. And he's like, the girls are the problems. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's it. Yeah. The girls, you know, are Pretty chill. Our yeah. oldest is like she likes to feign responsibility. Yeah, she sure. pretends she's sure. like on top of it, the extra mom in the house, you know. Yeah. Johnny's um, doing this and Ricky's doing to be, that. And- <laughs> to be perfectly honest, I I find that she's the real shit starter yeah. in the yeah. house. You know, she sets the other kids against each other, and yeah. that's how all the problems start. Um number yeah. two is a girl and she's pretty cool. The boys are the biggest dumbasses. <laughs> like, boys are stupid. Yeah, because we, we just want to climb stuff and dig. Like, it's just like, can I take it apart? Can I get on top Run of it? Can things. I throw it at somebody? Like, those are your thought processes. Yeah. Yo, Pete, there was a, a day. So my four-year-old boy, he's my older boy. <laughs> but when he was younger, he I don't even know if he was walking yet. Right? Like, so he's like, maybe not even one. And... This was at our old house. I walk out. I'm cooking dinner. My wife's at work. So I got three of them at this point. Yeah. And they're doing their own thing. 
And I walk out in the family room and I see him hanging from a bookshelf with his hands just gripping on for dear life. No idea how he got up there. No idea how this one-year-old could get up hanging from the top shelf of this bookshelf. But he's just screaming, Dad, help! <laughs> the boys are so dumb. Yeah. You know, boys fuck shit up and girls are fucked up. Like as kids, that, that's the way it goes. You're yeah. like, all right. You, you, you uh, the, property, the property damage with the boys dude. and the emotional damage with the girls. I, I'm not ready for the teen years uh, with the girls. You, gotta, that's you, something you, I'm, you, got, you got some years to get ready for it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm hoping my wife's ready to step in and manage that. Well, me and Matt knew all the older wrestlers at Upper Perk, so we'll put out some calls and be like, hey, keep out for the outlets, you know. Keep keep, keep your eye out, yeah. <laughs> Matt, I'll, I'll put in a call to Mark Smith, the headlocking of Upper Perk. I'll be like, hey, do you have any sons? Watch out for the outland daughters, you know. Make sure that they're safe. <laughs> <laughs> no, yo, Mark Smith, speaking of. His, he has a daughter who does dance with one of my daughters. Are you kidding me? Ah. Yeah. Ah. He is still in the area, and I've seen him in the the at the dance class. So Rick, M- Mark Smith was like the most so you <laughs> met him, right? You, you, yeah, know, nicest guy in the world, right? Like, I know, like very, right. very Super nice, nice very congenial. That the scariest high school wrestler anybody ever met, like because he would like he didn't mean to do it, but he was so good at the head, like he would break his nose, and like people were scared to wrestle him. And then I started training with him, and I'm, and I'm, I'm like. This is the scariest kid in high school wrestling, but he just dominated everybody. But <laughs> he was so good. Yo, so I, I this came up the other night, and Matt, we're going way off topic here. No, but, keep um, rolling, roll with it, we baby. Talking, roll with it. it. It came up. You guys ever play animal ball with wrestling? Yeah, hell yeah. It was like tackle, tackle basketball. Ball. Tackle basketball. I also, I've played it in a wrestling room as well where we tape the goal onto the matted walls and you have like a foam ball that you It's kind of like ultimate with a ball and tackle. And there's no other rules. You can tackle each other, knock each other's heads off. So I used to go to a wrestling club at Penridge High School. Uh And I forget what it was called, Scorpion Club. Uh, Yeah, yeah, Scorpion. It was Scorpion. Yeah, okay. And the the Smiths went there. Yeah, yeah, that makes and sense. Yeah, I remember getting the ball, having like a free run to the goal to throw it in, and out of nowhere, I swear he jumped off of a wall. <laughs> Mark Smith like bounces off of a wall, headlocks me, <laughs> and throws me to the ground. Oh, that's <laughs> well, not and, bad. And Mark Smith's kind of like you, like where you. He, he's not the biggest guy in the world, but I'm pretty sure he played D-tackle in high school. And you're like, this guy, 5'8", 145 a, pounds, is the, your D-tackle. There's some screws loose with yeah. that kid. He is. Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Next time you see him, tell him I said hello. He was always a good guy. Oh, unbelievable wrestler. <laughs> oh, unbelievable. yeah. He was so much fun to watch. Yeah. Jordan, uh, Pete, you know Jordan Steiner from Hentos. Oh, yeah. Jo- yeah, yeah. Jordan and him wrestled together at East Stroudsburg. Yeah, yes, yeah. With Matt Riddle. Yeah. So, nice, dude. This is, no, uh, this is the kind of conversations we want because this is the kind you need to have. And I know we went off, uh, as Shake would call it, we went bird walking a little bit. 
about uh about you know parenting but so i want to i want to get this finished up here we're coming to the top of time rick i sent you some questions ahead of time and i just want to go i want to ask you these questions and see what kind of answers you came up with is that cool buddy yeah i'll do the best i can all right bud. some of them are tough yeah they're tough that's i mean they're meant to be so okay question number one uh, what was your favorite movie at the age of 10? Easy. Sandlot. Great flick. Great flick. Great soundtrack. Great flick. Great character. Like, dude, all-time characters. I love that, dude. Plus, too, I was a catcher, and obviously I'm a big kid. So I was, a, you know, the great Hambino. Oh, it was awesome, man. He was yeah. like a legend, you know? And then yep. Squints, Michael Squints, Pal Doris, freaking kissing Wendy Peppercorn, babe. I wonder what Wendy Peppercorn's looking like these days. She was always yeah, a hot ticket to ride. I, uh, <laughs> I keep up with that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Love me a Wendy Peppercorn. So, yeah, no, Sandlot, all time, all time, one of the greatest movies ever. Dude, that's one of those movies where it's like you're in the shit dick time of winter, like, and, like, you can put on Sandlot, and it, like, transforms you to summer, you know? Like, it's just the classic, great, yeah. great movie. Yep. It, it was my childhood. Yeah, that movie. I think. I mean, just yeah. going out and playing ball. That's hey, man, and that's all you and wanted. All to the do. shenanigans that your buddies bring with us. Yeah, man, it was awesome. I, dude, same. And we had like a crew in our neighborhood. You had a crew. Pete had a crew. You're with your crew, and you're just doing your thing. And it's nothing better, man. You miss those times as a yeah. kid. So, all right. So let's. Uh, okay, great answer. So, second question: What is your favorite movie right now? Not to be redundant, but. Sandlot. All right. Oh, hey, it can still, it. yeah, you know, it can still be your favorite movie of all time because it's a fantastic flick. Like I said, it's just so nostalgic yeah. that it it gives me all sorts of memories, all sorts of feels. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Agreed, man. Agreed. I love that. And even thinking about it, I love too. One of the things I love the most is the scene where the the Sandlot team beats the shit out of the Soches. Right, you know, beats the shit out of the rich kid team. That you know reminds me of when I was you a kid. You play ball and like a kids. girl. Yeah, it's easy when you play with a bunch of rejects and a fat kid, Rodriguez. Shut your mouth, Phillips. Would you say crap face? I said you shouldn't even be allowed to touch a baseball, except for Rodriguez. You're all an insult to the game. Come on, we'll take you on right here, right now. Come on. Plan a real diamond porter. You ain't good enough to lick the dirt off our cleats. Watch it, jerk. Shut up, idiot. Moron. Scab eater. Butt sniffer. Yeah. Puss licker. Fart smeller. <laughs> you eat dog crap for breakfast, geek. You mixed your weeds with your mama's toe jam. Yeah. You bob for apples in the toilet, and you like it. You play ball like a girl. What did you say? You heard me. Tomorrow. Noon. At our field. Get the buffalo butt breath. Count on it, pee drinking crap face. Yeah! yeah. Let's go! Yeah. 
timeline. Yeah. All timeline, for sure. One of the best lines ever. And that, too, that's one of those movies where it's like, yeah, it's kind of meant for kids, but I think adults love it just as much because I remember my old man freaking loved that flick. So, oh, yeah. okay. So let's uh, let's keep it moving. So Pretty Rick, uh, your nickname that everyone else gave you is Pretty Rick for obvious reasons because you're a good-looking son of a bitch. But if you could give yourself a nickname, what would it be? <laughs> what kind of question is this? If I could give myself a nickname, well, so would, would you like be? would you like some examples? Um, sure. If you're willing, willing to so, give examples. So, like, okay, so we had a guest on the show whose name was whose name is Burn Podcasty, friend of the show, great guy. He did yeah. he did the fun facts. You know, Burn absolutely. So burn, burn, yeah, of course. You know, burn. You know, burn plenty good. So, uh, burn said his his uh, his nickname would be Stretch because he likes the fact that he's tall and then he can lord it over people. And like his wife can bring up like an ex boyfriend and it doesn't matter because he was taller than. Her. So Stretch, like something right. like that, you know. So go ahead. Anything comes to All mind? Right. Uh, the loved. I would just want to be. All right, there we go. Okay, okay. So not the ahead. SOB from the uh, yeah. SEC or whatever no, it is. Man. The, yeah, the no. SCC SOB, pretty Ricky. Okay, <laughs> so all right, so let's. Uh, okay, beloved, beloved Rick. Okay, very cool. Uh, okay, next question: If you could host a TV show, what TV show would you host? And it can be real or made up. Alright, so I don't know if you guys remember this show, but I came up with the idea of it like a good four or five years before it actually caught air. Uh-huh. There was a show called Three Sheets. What is that? Yeah. Anyone remember that? Yeah. No. So it was, you remember Anthony Bourdain oh, and yeah. his show yeah, yeah. where, where he, he would go around the globe and eat all sorts of the curious life foods. The greatest in the history of the world. And, Immerse himself in the culture. Yeah, this was that, but drinks. Oh, and so my idea was to have a show where you could just go around the globe to country to country. What do they drink? What pubs do they drink in? Or you know, like what? What's that aspect of their culture? Yeah, and just hang out with those people, with the locals, hear their stories. Yeah. So like you're and that would be it. So like you're going three sheets. You're going to Ireland and you're drinking. Uh, you're you're going to Ireland. You're drinking, you're drinking in whiskey. a local pub. Yeah. He's yep. drinking a drinking Smix. Guinness, right there at the bar. Smix. Yeah, and then you're going to you're going to uh, Mexico. You're having some tequila or whatever. You know, yeah. Russia, you're getting some vodka, and like you know, maybe it's a mojito somewhere, or maybe it's a mai tai, or maybe whatever it's the Moscow locals drink. You're going yeah. to Jersey, you're drinking the Jersey Turnpike. You know, get that rag up there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's it. Travel and uh, drinks and good stories and good people. Dude, that sounds just that like be the it. best job slash life ever. Pete, uh, let's start doing right. That. You quit your job, so uh, let's just start doing that. We'll start by small towns in the Philadelphia area. <laughs> we'll work our way around Philadelphia, and then we'll, we'll, we'll branch out from there. <laughs> and honestly, man, I think it was your brother, asshole, that I we sat and came up with that idea. I and then it was like three or four years later we credit. see it on you TV. You don't have to. You, you came up with the idea, and he hopped yeah. on it. 
No. We obviously know who the brains were in that scenario, and it was an asshole. Okay. So <laughs> you were right. Jimmy from South Park and he was Cartman. Like, oh no, we came up with this together. Yeah, yeah. Tom <laughs> you know, asshole asshole does that a lot where like he tries to steal ideas that are someone else's and he pawns them off as it his. Trust me, I know. So, okay. <laughs> All right. So let's keep it going. Uh, what, okay. So what TV game show would you want to be on? Pretty Rick. Kind of along the same lines of travel. Amazing race. Ooh, that game show. That's good. That's a tough one though. Yeah. That's a tough ass show. Uh, the games are fun though. Like yeah. it's not like you got to be the biggest or the strongest or the most athletic to win the competition. Yeah. Um, you got to have some worldly wits about you, possibly speak multiple languages. Yeah. Like it, it's a, that's it. That's the coolest game as I say it. Get the Dude, locals be able to tell you what to do versus like, yeah, I'm not going to talk to this fucking weirdo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Screw this slap with the camera over here. Okay. So nice. I wonder what the requirements are to be a cameraman on that show because there is a lot of running, right? So like, Say if you're on the show and you have like one one team has like a triathlete as their camera guy and the other one's got freaking Jerry smoking two packs a day. You know what I mean? Like I'd be pissed if I had freaking Marble Lights Jerry on my team, you know? Like they have to have to kind of have some regulation <laughs> on the camera guys because there is a ton of running, right? Like they're there running is. everywhere. I wonder how there. many are there. Yeah, I, I wonder how many they put on a team. Or maybe it was back in the day. And now they're just following them around with like those little uh, what do you call it? The droids or the uh, the drones? Yeah, the yeah. drones. Yeah, they're <laughs> okay. following all the drones. Okay. So hold on. So okay. So all right, good one. So real quick, uh, let's keep it going because my computer's about to die. So uh, Rick, what was the best day of work your whole life? Ah. Actually, right, shit. Um, Hold on, shit. Let's reverse that because I don't want to end on a bad note. So, uh, actually, <laughs> so we're gonna say uh, okay. Next question, uh, Rick. What was the worst day of work in your whole life? So this is. I saw this. Um, you you sent this to me a while ago, and I thought about it. And if you had asked me a week ago, it would have been different. Um, a week ago, I would have. I would have said when there was a day, so we spoke in depth about the pepper. Yep. There was a day I walked in there. It was probably about after 10 years of work in there yeah. and being, I mean, that was, that was home, that place. Yeah. And at this point, the owner had kidney failure, uh, dialysis, uh, his health fail on him. So what he did is he went and sold half the business to another guy. And while he was hospitalized, this guy came in and put a bar into the restaurant. So I walk in one Uh, weekend and I see uh, a bar taking away half of our seating. And uh, I walked right back out. uh, That was my last day of work there. And uh, that was awful. Dude, I remember, um, dude, we were living, uh, like, we. Were, I think we were living together when that happened. Or, like, you had just moved yeah. out, but I remember we talked about that, and you had yeah. said that, and I was like, dude, that is so upsetting, because that guy was a complete dope, you know? Yeah, no, the guy who bought into it, he... Yeah. he, he was a dope, was, he had no I don't idea. Know what his vision was, but... No idea what he was doing, it, no idea. More money know? than brains, you know? It happens. Yeah. 
So yeah. you were saying uh, until a week ago, it would have been uh, this dude buying the pepper and then putting the bar in and all that. So then, so did something happen within the last week that changed that, or is that still the worst day? No, yeah, I had something happen in the last week. Jesus Christ. It sucks for me, man. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, my job's good, right? Yeah, And I love it, and I'm doing really well at it. And I have a team of seven or eight people that I need, and... Um, so a year ago, once all this kicked off, I work in a yep. health network yep. and we work technology. So yeah. immediately they're like, go home and work. Right. Yeah. So we all start working from home. And so it finally started. The conversation came up of, all right, what do you guys want to do? Do you want to come back to the office? Do you want to work full time at home Yeah. or a hybrid in between? Yeah. Um, and my work, my employer was awesome about giving us those options. So yeah. do whatever you want. For sure. So immediately I'm like, all right, I got to get out of the house. I've been stuck here. Like, you know, I, I rarely with five kids, I get done work and then I got the kids and, yeah. you know, so my thought was I'm going back full time. Right. All along. Oh, yeah. So we had a team meeting, which is like, 30 of us and uh where we were to make our final decision coming back he's staying home all that so i say coming back yeah and then i asked my my boss i was like is this like can we talk about who's doing what here and she's like she just quick asks no one has an objection so she puts it up and of the 39 i'm the one coming back to my god and of like our whole team who works on the system that I work on, like whether yeah. it's the my billing end or the clinical end or the pharmacy end, yeah. out of 190, there were seven of us who voted to come back. Oh. So I quick switched, and I'm now a permanent work at home. Oh, not by not Jesus. by choice, but because I would just drive there and sit alone in an office. See, I, I feel like it's the hybrid model is the way to go because it's the best of both worlds. Like, it, like a lot of people want to work from home. It's like, you know what? Let's do two days in the office and we can do our meetings and kind of like the hybrid yes. is. I hear you. But here's so I considered that. Yeah. And the deal was with either the hybrid model or the full time work at home. You don't get a desk in the office, right? You don't get your. Yeah, own so, desk. See, that's the thing. I, I come from an accounting background where the whole hoteling thing is, is that's what I've always known. So, so the full-time remote, the full-time remote, I can still go in whenever I want. Yeah. I don't get a desk, yeah. but if you're hybrid, you have set days. You have to have go to in. in. Okay. So you have to be in the, so with the full-time remote, I can pick and choose what days I actually want. So really, they're the just office, like so the hybrid is kind of like, I just like, Oh, all right, I, I get what you're saying. This makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it has it had to do with taxing. You know, if you're the hybrid and you have set days you go in, then you get taxed as working in the city that I yeah. work in. Whereas if you're full time remote, you get taxed as being wherever you live. And and I just want to get off. The, I just want to get this off my chest real quick because I think Ricky will appreciate this. But people are like, oh, you know, cities are dying. Cities are dying. Everyone wants to work remote. And I'm like, you know what? People have been clustering for the entirety of human existence. 
Yeah. I, I know this is like a game changer, but the idea that we're not we're going to stop clustering all of a sudden because of this, I'm just not buying it. I, I think no, we're going to continue to this too shall pass. Yeah, Agreed. exactly. Agreed. Plus, two, uh, Pete, uh, so Pete, you brought up hoteling. Uh, for those people who haven't been in the office, kind of explain what hoteling is. When so hoteling, hoteling when you work in the office, but you don't have a set desk or office. It's kind of yeah. like, so, uh, you know, I came up in public accounting where you spend so much time at a client and so much time at your desk. So it's like, okay, I come into the office and you just kind of take whatever desk is available. So you walk yeah. in. And the admin just kind of says, okay, A32 is open and that's your desk today. So you don't really have a permanent yeah. spot. That's what we call hoteling in, in the industry. Right. That's interesting to hear because this is brand new to me and that's where I'm headed. Yeah. It wasn't by choice. So to come back to Matt's question of the worst day, I mean, I knew it was coming or I knew something was, I knew it wasn't going to go back to normal. Yeah. And I used to love going into the office yeah. and, and being a parent of five kids. Yeah. Like, like I said, Matt and your brother, like I don't get to see you guys ever or much often yeah. anymore, yeah. but so my work friends are my adults yeah. that I yeah. to go yeah. talk to. Yeah. And to have that just kind of taken away because none of those guys want to go back, it sucks, man. It it was hard to come to terms with. Yeah, it happens, man. Um, Dude, you're going to develop a thing. You know what we started doing at my work, uh, and I actually run these meetings, is they're called coffee and chats. Where the whole everybody in the office was invited to like, it's just, you know, a, a virtual teams meeting. But honestly, people seem to dig it because it's just like, a 20 minute conversation with other adults and people like it's like a water cooler talk kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Or like people, yeah. they, you know what I mean? And like, you see people that you see in the office, but you don't see all the time. And it's really kind of worked out, you know? Yep. We've been doing something similar at like nine 30 every morning I get yeah. on the phone and, yeah, same. and it, but the only thing is it stinks. Cause I'm, a little talkative yeah and there's like one other person and then the other people i mean we're a bunch of techies so yeah. you figure they're not the most social you gotta drag group. it out of them like i had to yeah. start the topic. Uh, yeah. Yeah. About. yeah it's usually me and one other person talking <laughs> and the others just sit there silently yeah um, and I even got to check myself to make sure I'm not on mute. Because <laughs> I'm getting the responses. That's why you start with the hello, hello, hello. All right, now I can go. Yeah. Dude, how many... Okay, so, yeah, I've said this before on the show, but I firmly believe this. Like, how many times have you been in a meeting, right, where they call, like, all right, Jim, uh, what do you think about this? And then you don't hear anything from Jim. And you're like, all right, Jim... And then all of a sudden you yeah. hear, and you hear, oh, sorry, I was on mute. That is. I was on double. I always hear, I was on most, double mute. That was, <laughs> dude, that is such bullshit. That person just wasn't paying attention. That I firmly believe that all the time. Uh, you know, can you repeat it, that last sentence so I can kind yeah. of figure out what the hell you were saying beforehand? Because I was definitely watching clips of blah, yeah. blah, blah, on blah, blah, blah. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I agree. So, okay. So nice. All right. So let's move on. And this is the last question. And Rick, I'll release you from this sentence that we've put you in for this time. So, okay. Uh, what was, so uh, conversely, what is the best day of work in your whole life? So I wish this was something a little more uplifting or, you know, like a good, you did it. 
you know, you worked and you earned all this recognition, but you don't really need that reward. But mine's about money, man. Yeah. Mine is all about money. Um, so like I said earlier on this, it, at one point I joined this project for the new uh, electronic health record at our hospital network. And once that went live, we were we were all doing well and we had to go get certified to code yeah. in this new system. Yeah. And once you got certified for it, the headhunters came calling. Ooh. And if you had like a LinkedIn profile, you're getting headhunters hitting you up oh, yeah. multiple times yeah. a day yeah. and with promises of well over six figure Ooh. salaries. <laughs> You're strutting um, around like that's right, baby. <laughs> so yeah, so it's real tempting. But I'm watching these people go, and I'm like, these people are morons. How are they going to make it out in this market? And yeah. it turns out most of them didn't. Yeah. So I stayed loyal. Yeah. And eventually, my work realized that loyalty. These, like we're losing everyone who built this system from the ground up, and who now knows our networks workflows in and out um so they decided to bump our pay yeah and i got a 40 percent raise oh, oh, shit, shit yeah man and you fucking Woo. deserve so it brother that's i awesome. went out to my car and cried my eyes <laughs> out with thanks like i honestly i had to leave the building yeah because i was just welling up with tears oh. and it was and this was a at the point that we had had my second kid uh, and, we, but like my salary wasn't nothing to write home about. Yeah. And we had our second kid and we had just bought a new house uh, and it was really stretching like, us. Yeah, yeah. For the and all of a sudden <laughs> this put me into a, a new stratosphere oh, salary wise. That's fucking It made everything awesome. so much that I I bawled my eyes out in my Dude. car for a good hour. Dude, that you know what? Well, that. That, you know what I love to hear? I love to hear that they rewarded your loyalty. Because that's something that doesn't yeah. that like you fucking like if you want people to stick around, re- reward the loyalty and they'll be fucking loyal. You know, like that's awesome that they did that. And I fucking love hearing that. And then second and Matt, dude, fucking congratulations, man. You deserved it, brother. You deserved yeah. it. Thanks, man. But you said it. You reward that loyalty and they'll be loyal back because that's, I mean, I owe it to this place. Yeah. Like they've given me every opportunity under the sun. I've taken those opportunities yeah. and made the best that I possibly yeah. could out of them. Yeah. Right. Is it, was it, was it but big, we have yeah. this relationship now. The yeah. old thing, right? Uh, luck is the residue of design, or luck is the hard work. opportunity means hard work. You know, it's all those things. You know, like, yeah. yeah, dude, it's true. And you're fu- like, that's awesome that they were able to recognize that. Look, we got a good dude here. Obviously, like he's a worker. Like you've seen what he's come up from and done his thing. And they fucking they cut you off a piece of that big fucking pie, baby. And you deserved it. That's fucking dude. Honestly, that that's beats any. And like you're saying, it's you know not a big thing. That beats any fucking best day of work I've ever had. I'll fucking tell you that. <laughs> 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 Give me a oh, fucking forty percent. Well, now I have four basements, you bitch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I just hate I the, the thought basement that for every ten percent they increased. I, <laughs> <laughs> I hate that it would come across money related, but it's it is so much more than that. It, 
but so, it is so much more than that. Yeah. And that it allowed me to get to five kids. Yeah. Like exactly. before yeah. that, like who knows? But <laughs> now, I mean, that, we have no trouble taking care of five. Dude, kids. see, and that's honestly like, thank Like that's the kind of shit you love to hear. And that's fucking awesome, man. Like, Dude, that, like, it is, like, honestly, it almost brings a tear to everyone's eye when you hear, like, this guy's struggling, he just wants to be able to provide for his family, and, like, your loyalty, and you stuck with your guns. You didn't go, like, with the headhunters and doing all that. You stuck with your guns, right? And you stuck with your morals, too, because you're a loyal guy, and you've always been that way, and you being yourself and loyal and sticking to your guns paid off, and now you can take care of your family, and you can have fucking 20 kids and 50 basements and you can fucking kill it man and that's like that's what loyalty should get you that's what it should get you you know what i mean like that's some old school shit but when you're loyal and you're hardworking, like you should be rewarded for that you shouldn't be taken advantage of you know what i mean and like some of these big companies will take advantage of these guys that have been loyal to them and fuck them on their pensions and things like that where it's like these people saw the loyalty saw the hard work and they fucking cut you off man and that's just that's fucking how it should be I just feel bad for the two kids that have to share a basement. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Okay. All right. So I think I'm going to pop along from laughing. All right. So look, this is, we're coming. This is the end of the fucking show. Uh, Pete, what do you got to say, buddy? Anything? Uh, just uh, party on, party people. This is party boy Pete McCormick filling in for Shake. I love it. I love it. Party on, party people. Let me hear some more. Perfect. Pretty Ricky, man. Thanks so much for coming on. And dude, Pete, party boy Pete, thanks for co-hosting, man. You guys are both fucking lifesavers. You both fucking crushed it tonight. This is so much fun. This is such a great convo. We covered so many different things. And like I said, man, and we've talked about it on this podcast before. We, we view entertainment like ice cream, right? There's not just one flavor of ice cream. There's a ton of flavors, right? So we hit them with everything on this show. We try to, at least. And this is definitely, like, uh, shows our range in this episode where we covered everything from funny to inspiring to sad to courageous to whatever, right? And entertainment in between, and we love doing that. And, like, you guys both delivered tonight. So thank you both. This was so much fun. But, Ricky, what do you got to say to the, to the people and to the dozens and dozens of Working Perspectives podcast fans? Nah, I just, Matt, it was awesome. So much Coming fun. on here and talking to you. It's been way too long since Agreed. we hung out. Agreed. Pete, awesome seeing you, man. I, I, I can't you. wait till we do this again. Matt, I want to I have one of these with dads. Dude, it's a job, man. It is is a job. Dude, well, it's funny. And I'm there. I know it all. I've been through it all. I would be into a dad cast. It's funny. It's funny you should mention that because speaking of dads, I would like to let our listeners know that I booked both Pete's dad and his mom to be guests on this show. So honestly, oh wow! Yeah. Oh, so I would love, honestly, Rumors I can't United. wait. I I can't wait to get both his parents on here, and like I want to go over. I'm I have them booked separately, and I want to go over their work history separately. But then also, I can't wait to get like them on together to go over parenting six kids for you know for like forty years. You know what I mean? So like. I would do definitely a joint, love a joint cast with Ricky. Like, all right, here's the old yeah. school six for well, the no, school I would, five. How's, I would, how's it happen? I, 
No, I, no. I want to get Pete. dads through generations because I would love to get like, yeah. like, like I have one kid, Rick has five and he's at this age and your parents have six and they're at that age. So I would love to get like everyone's different perspectives and see where they meet and different opinions. I think that would be fascinating. Oh yeah, and Pete, I don't, I don't want to be on for that. I want to sit back and take notes, man. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure, your your parents fucking forget about it. So okay, so awesome. Well, thank you so much, guys, for coming on. Uh, I can't thank you enough. This has been another episode of the Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on all podcast platforms at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on Spotify at The Working Perspectives Podcast. And you can find us on the Twitter at Working P Pod. Uh, if you want to follow us on Instagram, and uh, if you got any shout out or any recommendations for uh, Memory Lame, just hit us up and maybe we'll get on the show. And then if you want to go through the approval process, uh, contact the PAAA. And also, you can email us at workingperspectives at gmail.com, and then we'll put you through the approval process, see if you can get on. Uh, but this is the end of the show. Stick around for the ad read. All right? Thanks. See ya. Do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell? Have you always dreamed of writing a book, but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world? Perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career. If so, please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, B is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.